Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And this is our 300th episode. Time (laughs) flies when you're having fun. Uh, So we are going to be just doing a little introduction here uh, before we get to uh, a a big, long montage of some of our favorite clips. Uh, But we just wanted to talk about some of the things we've been up to in the last 100 episodes. Uh, so just as a reminder, if, if, you know, I mean, it has been a while, uh, hundred episodes is a lot of episodes. So just, just to recap, <laughs> uh, shortly, uh, what we did in, uh, episodes 201 through two, 299, here are some of the things, this is not a comprehensive list, but this is just some of the, the highlights, <laughs> um, in that time frame, we discussed season four and season five of the show. So we had two seasons of Supergirl. We also interviewed a lot of people. We interviewed Nicole Maines. That was a big interview for us that we had a lot of fun with. Oh, that was so fun. We got to ask her some very specific Supergirl radio related questions that nobody else would probably ask her. (laughs) So that was. I think we also found out uh, the depth of her comic knowledge too. Very knowledgeable about Dreamer in the uh, Dreamer and Dream Girl in the comics and her energy powers and the Legion of superheroes. So that was very surprising about her, her knowledge of, um, I always get them mixed up now because they're so similar. Uh, uh, Neuronal yeah. <laughs> is dream girl, not Neonal. That's a dreamer on, on Supergirl. But she knew a lot about Neura, and that was really, really neat to hear. As she's done yeah, her she had, like, costume suggestions. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she, she and I think she uh, had some stories in mind she she wanted to explore. So uh, that was good to to kind of hear that uh, geeky side of Nicole come out. Uh, we also talked to Andrea Towers about her uh, Geek Girls Don't Cry book and talking about some of the uh, mental health issues that are on the CW Supergirl. So that was a really cool discussion about some of the episodes in which that had been displayed because there was there's been a lot of that um, yeah, anxiety, yeah. And, and, you know, anxiety and panic attacks and things that James was going through. So that was a good time to talk to Andrew about the, those those kinds of issues. And I also always like to just like find ways to bring my my friends onto the show. <laughs> so I was excited. I was like, you've got a book. You've got to come on. Supergirl's in the book. <laughs> well, she was so game to talk to us. And uh, so we'll, we'll have to have Andrea back at some point uh, to talk about Supergirl in the future. Uh, we also talked to, to Ange from Supergirl comic box commentary um, who has an amazing resource for Supergirl comics and uh, everything that's going on in Supergirl. He, he has done a lot of research, uh, done a lot of writing. So if you need to know anything about Supergirl, 
go visit his website. Um, because oh, it's he's so extensive. There's like yeah. every everything you could possibly want is on that website. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we use Angie's website and knowledge a lot. So definitely go check him out over there. Uh, we also talked to a new friend of the podcast, Luke Bug, aka the Geek of Steel. I had a, actually met him at Superman Celebration back in ye, ye old, uh, I guess that would have been 2019 was the last Superman <laughs> Celebration that anybody actually went to. You remember going places and doing things. You remember <laughs> when like we could gather in large groups and and be around each other. Uh, but I met Luke there um, at, I think the first time I'd actually talked to him was that uh, they have a, uh, an auction every year for the Massac Theater. They're trying to raise money to restore this uh, beautiful old theater in the uh, area where the Superman Square is. And uh, I was at the same table uh, with him and we had kind to talking about things and the things we'd be interested in, um, in, in uh, bidding on. And so that was sort of how I met Luke and I'd been following him on social media. And so he was really cool to come and talk about his love for Superman and Supergirl and kind of what he's been up to. So uh, it's been really good to get to know him. Uh, we also talked to Chris, who draws the uh, Super Danvers comic strip, which is a lot of fun. Uh, she sort of fills in all the the gaps that the show doesn't get a chance to <laughs> to cover. Um, and she, she draws the most adorable little uh, comic strips uh, about the characters on the show. And uh, so it was neat to, to hear her story. She had an archaeology background, which was really fascinating. So um, cool. Yeah, so, so it was really neat to sort of um, pick her, her, her mind about, you know, art and what she thinks makes good art. So it was a really neat conversation to talk to her. We also had Abby from the Katie McGrath Book Club on. They have a Goodreads uh, community. So if you happen to have a Goodreads account like I do, you can join, <laughs> you can join their Goodreads uh, Book Club, which is really fun. It's encouraging me to be a better reader uh, uh, because sometimes I'll just start a book and then I'll start another book and then I'll start another book and then I never finish <laughs> any of the books that I start. So See, I have like the opposite problem. I have a really hard time like starting two books at the same time. I think I was like reading a book while uh, when we decided to do the book club episode and I had to like pause what I was reading and then go to read the uh, the book we read. And I, I, I had a hard time with it. I was like, but I haven't finished the other one. Like, how do I, I don't know how you can do this. Is this possible? No, it's actually not because when I've tried it, I'm terrible at it, but it was fun to actually have a book club with Abby and discuss the the book that we all read together. So that, that was a fun experience. And uh, Abby's been a really, um, a consistent contributor to Supergirl Radio through emails and feedback. So it was a lot of fun to have her on. Uh, during season five, we uh, uh, found a new favorite character in Lena Luthor's uh, Murderous Robot Friend, uh, Hope the AI, who had become yes. a, a big hit on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> most, in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> mostly because Morgan does a great imitation of Hope the AI. Uh, it's, I feel like Hope is looking down on us right now and, and she's like, Happy 300th episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all kill Supergirl. It's like, oh, again, it's too much. It's too, you got to bring it back. <laughs> Dial it back, Hope. Um, so so that was a lot of fun. It sort of got us through season five, I think. <laughs> um, we survived a crisis. We went through a crisis on Earth. Multiple. <laughs> multiple crises. Um, we read and re uh, reviewed Superman Red Sun, which is something that we hadn't covered on the podcast before. Before, but we we did that and it was uh, neat to read that before season four started since they were pulling a lot of things from that story. 
And then we watched the uh, the animated. Did we talk about the animated? We didn't. We didn't discuss the animated film, but I think we both watched it. <laughs> I, was about to, I was about to say, wait, did we do that? <laughs> we we both just independently watched it and <laughs> talked about it, but not on this podcast. So. No, we talked about the comic book, but we we sort of independently watched the film adaptation of it, uh, which I have to say, I didn't think it was. I think the I think the comic book was better. Yeah, I think. I, I would agree with you on that one. I guess that's our official review <laughs> of the animated film. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, during our, our last 100 episodes, we also learned about executive orders, thanks to our Supergirl Radio legal <laughs> consultants, which was a big hit. A lot of people liked that episode. Yeah, I feel like that was one of the all-time greats, just because uh, <laughs> what other Supergirl podcast is getting into the minutia of, like, <laughs> legal... <laughs> <laughs> we like won't we'll get like we'll get onto like one small plot detail and we just cannot let it go. Uh, which I think is is what we bring to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody knows about executive orders, and I'm very I'm very proud of that. I, I think <laughs> we've really educated people on the process, uh, so that, that is that is something to enjoy. Uh, we also um, well. I, uh, during during the last 100 episodes, I actually, back when we had fan conventions, uh, I made a 60th anniversary panel presentation at Atlanta Comic Con. So that was one of our episodes that we did where I sort of took people from uh, even before Action Comics 252, uh, when they were sort of playing around with, with the idea of sort of a, a female counterpart to Superman and then brought it up into the present. So that was a lot of fun for me. And uh, so I was glad I was able to share it with Supergirl radio listeners. And uh, so maybe one of these days we'll we'll get to go to fan conventions and talk about Supergirl. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But that was, a, that was a great one. I think, you know, if, if somebody's missed that episode, it's super informative about Supergirl. It turned out pretty well. I was pretty proud of it. So uh, I'll have to update it as time goes on. Uh, we were also uh, still reading Rebirth because we got really behind. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we got to know a character named Turd Golden X, who is oh. now one of my favorite characters. Uh, but that's those, one those, of the all time greats. Those are some of my favorite uh, episodes. So if you if you if you only <laughs> listen to the episodes about the TV show, you're really missing out because some of our comic episodes have been really, really good. <laughs> you're really missing out on the Golden Axe content. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was the what was that like the new the new group that we met in like in the uh, in Rebirth comics? Oh, that got the, the, the Omega Men. The Omega Men. I feel like those episodes also pretty, pretty fantastic. <laughs> Found out that there's a, literally a superhero named Soap. <laughs> yes. So if you if you don't listen to the, to the uh, Rebirth episodes, we highly recommend them. That's probably a biased opinion, but I, <laughs> I really think you should you should listen to them. Uh, we became Ramakan super fans. We discovered uh, who he was and what he was all about, and it's sort of that was sort of an evolution over time because we didn't like him at first, and then no, no. he became awesome somehow. We were, I, I feel like we went down the Ramakan uh, fan hole, <laughs> so to speak, when when I just, we just kept making fun of him for not being very useful. And then, like, as those things tend to do, it's like suddenly I was like, but I love him and I will defend him with my life now. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, before I was just making fun of you for, like, your powers being, like, a like Home Depot, a pile <laughs> of Home Depot dirt. And now I'm like, actually, there's 
there's depth to Rama Khan that we just don't know about yet. His Rama cards. <laughs> <laughs> we thought his powers were a little dumb. And then he destroyed the DEO. And we were like, you know, respect. Uh, yeah, you got to give it up to you. Got to put some respect on that name. <laughs> uh, we also, during the last 100 episodes, we hosted a Supergirl, Supergirl podcast roundtable with some other podcasters. And so that, that was, was a lot of fun. fun. That was a lot of fun to to get to hear their experiences and get to meet them. Sometimes we're we're in our own little Supergirl radio bubble, uh, so mostly intentionally. Um, but it but it was it was nice to get to hear what other people talk about and how they approach the show and what they um, discuss in their episodes. It was so interesting for me to to like hear how different each well because we're all podcasting about Supergirl, but each podcast had like a different approach to the material and like what they focus on and what they like to talk about and I thought that was so interesting like if you're a Supergirl fan there's so many different cool podcasts that are available and you can get a different thing out of each one of them I think that's really cool about the fan community yeah I know some podcasters worry about competition I never do because I know that all of the other Supergirl podcasts are talking about different stuff and have different personalities and so I never worry about that because I'm like they're not talking about Ramacon like we're talking about <laughs> Nobody else is quite as obsessed with hope as we are. And I feel like we've cornered that market. And we're good. <laughs> so it was it was really nice to get to know them. And we'll, we'll have to maybe team up with them um, sometime in the future. Uh, we also got to experience DC fandom, or I guess I did. I was about uh, to say, air quotes, we got to experience <laughs> it. I can continuously forgot it was happening but Rebecca <laughs> got to walk me through it and I felt as if I was there actually so that that was a, a new experience for DC fans uh during the last 100 episodes that did not exist uh prior to the episode that we did or the two episodes that we did for that uh we also raised money for rain which was awesome and we had a lot of uh guest hosts uh who are made up of our listeners who volunteered to do little present uh little 30 minute presentations <laughs> they were they were kind of short um but they managed to pack a lot in in those 30 minutes i think that was one of the favorite things that we did in these last 100 episodes for me like not only uh how creative our listeners are and how how smart and how funny um but also just how generous everybody is i, I think we raised i can't remember how much we raised but it was over a thousand dollars i was gonna say i think it was over a thousand dollars yeah like uh it was just so so nice um that everybody not only got so involved but gave back yeah, we have a lot of generous listeners and they're always um, so game to kind of jump in and in our ideas. So we really love that, that the people are so engaged in, in wanting to participate. Uh, speaking of which, we also <laughs> we also held a fanfic contest uh, about uh, hashtag William is Comet, a theory that was uh, proposed by a listener named Dustin and became a a uh, listener favorite theory, I think, on the podcast. And then. Uh, we asked people to send in stories. And so they did send us stories. And we had friends of ours, including ourselves, we, we also uh, read stories that people wrote. And so that I, I think that turned out really well. And I, I just think that was a really cool, creative thing that we did. I like that everybody got involved and we got so many people to read and people send in their stories. Like it, it's it was a big ask to ask people like, hey, could you send us in like a short story about this topic? And I was like, we'll get like, we'll get a couple. And we got a surprising amount of entries. I was like, wait, how many people did this? Like, I figured like maybe five, we'd be lucky. 
Yeah, that was that was that was a really uh, fun experimental concept that we did because so many people were involved. There were a lot of moving parts to it, and it, it I think it showed a a good uh, creative collaboration uh, on uh, so many different levels. So that I think is uh, one of the highlights uh, for me during the last one hundred episodes. Um, Morgan and I also debated each other about Supergirl the movie. Morgan <laughs> actually watched Supergirl the movie. So I I'm did. Really, I'm really proud of you for doing that. I know it was I took difficult. One for the team. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a fun, uh, that was another fun sort of experimental idea that approached it in a different way because we had already, Teresa Giacino and I had kind of gone through the movie in our season zero episodes. It was one of the first episodes that we did on Supergirl Radio. So being able to approach the same material in a different way, I, I thought was uh, very successful. And the debate format was hilarious because I think, what, do we get two minutes to make uh, our case? Yeah, I think it, I think it was something like that. Like the different rounds sort of varied, but it, it was it was tough. You had to it get a lot tight. in. It was yeah. tight. It was like between two and three minutes. And uh, just trying to like know when it was going to happen, like <laughs> when you were going to get buzzed. And when you were buzzed, you were done. So you had to like be very concise about, and that's not a, a strength of mine is being very concise. Uh, I was like, oh, I can't tell like a completely unrelated story and then come back <laughs> 20 minutes later. Uh, but I, I thought it was really fun to have like the buzzer aspect and to have, <laughs> to have somebody there moderating, I thought was uh, hilarious. You were a worthy adversary during that during that debate. Thank you. Thank you. So, thank you for participating. Uh, we also sort of expanded uh, the uh, content that we cover. We reviewed Wonder Woman 1984, even though that had multiple ties to Supergirl. We did get to talk about Wonder Woman a little bit. So that was a lot of fun. That was fun. I also like that on our live stream, we got to dress up in 80s outfits. That was <laughs> that was a highlight for me. I got to practice my best um, high side pony, which is not something that gets a lot of use. <laughs> we did get to time travel back a couple of decades, uh, which to one of the greatest decades in the 1980s. So that was that was a good time. Uh, we did. We played some games. We played Supergirl Jeopardy with Mike, which was a lot of fun. He was he was very game to come on and, and participate. <laughs> with us it was fun to have mike for me to have to sort of get to know mike through the podcast uh he was also on our uh on the supergirl 100th episode oh with that's us. right yeah so it was it was it was neat to have mike sort of join in, in the conversation and get hit to hear, hear hear his thoughts about the show um because i i know he i don't know how much he experiences supergirl radio through kind of your end of it but <laughs> but it was neat to hear his perspective yeah, that was really fun. He he always likes it when he gets to come on the podcast and say hello. So, well, we will have to have him on uh, in in the future. Uh, maybe maybe if Monel comes back, we'll have to have him <laughs> one one day. I'm sure I'm sure he's hoping. <laughs> uh, and one of the big things um, that we did in the last 100 episodes is we actually did our first ever call in show. We had listeners come on and hang out with us, and uh, it turned out to be kind of a good thing <laughs> when we did it because it was the day that uh, the Supergirl TV series was 
uh, an, an announced to be ending. I, I don't want to say canceled, uh, but it was. It came out that the show was going to be ending that day. It was on Supergirl's birthday. <laughs> so brutal. It was brutal, and so it turned out to be uh, a very good thing in in the end that we had our Colin show with the listeners because we all got to sort of uh, deal with that news together. Yeah, I felt like we all got to process together. That was probably one of the highlights of the last hundred shows for me when I think back on like the stuff that we've done in the last you know year or so and i just think of like how awesome it was to talk to so many different people and like how there was like a waiting room of people who just wanted to come on and be like oh my god i can't believe (laughs) (laughs) it's ending like i need to process my feelings it was it was so um it was so great to see everybody because we saw a lot of um familiar faces but i think we also saw a lot of new faces on that stream and i thought that was really fun too yeah, it was it was neat to put some faces to some names who of some people who regularly send us feedback and uh, engage with us on social media. So it was neat to actually take a a, a, a new step to get to know them a little bit better. And uh, they were they were so uh, uh, up for you know just hanging out with us, and and so that was a lot of that was a good time. And one of the big things, and I guess that kind of goes into a, a larger thought about one of the biggest changes to Supergirl Radio in the last 100 episodes is that we started live streaming. Um, yeah. We had started sort of kind of experimenting with Instagram live streaming. We did a little bit of that. That was a lot of uh, a lot of laughs. We had a good time doing that. And then we got challenged by our friend Bill, who uh, came on the the podcast and said, you know what, you should, you should just go all the way. You should just start streaming to YouTube and Facebook. And we thought, oh, Okay, let's uh, let's try that. See how that goes. And I think um, we've done some good stuff. Uh, so I, I've been really enjoying that personally. And uh, I think that sort of for me, and I guess this is something we could talk about really quickly, is just kind of one of the things that you're really proud of with Supergirl Radio in the last 100 episodes. Because I think for me, there's a lot of the things that we just talked about sort of rolled into one with the live streaming. Because live streaming, we start we so, sort of took took our podcasting game up a level and then we also uh i think for for me the live streaming was an important thing especially in the year of 2020 when so <laughs> when so many of us couldn't hang out with our friends we couldn't you know go see family we couldn't travel we couldn't you know be around other people or at least we were you know you know, uh, it was it was suggested that maybe you, you couldn't. There's a lot of social, you know, the the term social distancing was introduced in 2020. And so to have that engagement that way, where you actually got to see the person and hang out with them, that to me was a big deal because there were so many parts for me personally in 2020 where, you know, you feel so, I, or at least I did, I felt kind of isolated from other people. And so it was nice to actually, kind of pop in and get to see someone, see see a face. And uh, so that's something that I'm really proud of is that we we introduced a lot of new people. We had new voices on the podcast. And we also just had the ability to have that community during a time when uh, things were so um, difficult during a really, really difficult year. And so I think that to me, all of the things we just talked about are kind of rolled up in that live streaming um, subject because it just, it brought so many things together. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the live streaming has been so much fun and, um, it just being able to see everybody 
see that everybody's faces. It, it was like a party. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of a depressing party, honestly. <laughs> not the party we had particularly, like 2020. It was not the party that we planned, um, <laughs> but we had a party anyway um, yeah. for the <laughs> Supergirl's uh, birthday. Um, but it was so, it was kind of like, have you know, like having everybody over almost and hanging out with people. Um, which again, like to your point, 2020 was a rough year for hanging out with people. Um, not a lot of that happening. So it was, it was nice to see everybody's faces and, and to sort of reach out across, you know, across and, and talk to people. Um, and I think it, it kind of expanded our ability to bring voices into the podcast that, that aren't just our voices or Hope's voice, uh, <laughs> but other new voices uh, and have people. I like that we've allowed people to like, you know, take over during the, the charity show for half hour increments. And it was just, it was their podcast at that point. Like, go ahead, tell us about something that interests you. And, and, and I like that we've had a lot more people on um, talking about things that they're interested in or their passions or that they're they're good at you know we have our our legal consultants and <laughs> we've had our science consultant and we've had you know um the katie mcgraw book club and i i think that our listeners are are so are not just cool but they're so talented and every time that we kind of put a call out for like is this right we have <laughs> we'll always get the answer which is kind of mind-blowing to me like i'm like i know i'm not a such and such but maybe one of our listeners is can they tell if it's if it's right and then like a listener will write in and be like no it's absolutely wrong and that's <laughs> why and i just think that that's kind of amazing yeah that's awesome that that we've sort of expanded some of that that uh that ability to engage with our listeners and now our viewers uh through the live streaming and i hope this doesn't sound creepy morgan <laughs> when i <laughs> when i tell you this but it's been nice to see your face oh i know <laughs> because because for so many years we've been podcasting on supergirl radio for five years and if people don't know normally we would have before we used to before we started live streaming on Streamyard, we used skype so we would typically just do like an audio skype call and while that was great and we had a lot of fun with skype <laughs> it it was just a like like you were calling somebody on the phone and so this is a much different experience and i've never met you in person we've never actually gotten to physically hang out um, and so this, this is kind of fun to sort of get to know you in that way, just to be able to like, you know, see, see you when you speak and like, <laughs> I, I hope that doesn't come across as like, no, super no, creepy, I, but I, it's funny. I totally agree. I was actually going to say that that's been one of the highlights of doing the live streams is getting to like, see each other while we chat. It's kind of, it's closer to being able to hang out in person, which we obviously can't do for a lot of reasons right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it I mean, also, it gives me a reason to put on makeup <laughs> at any point during the week, uh, <laughs> which is always exciting for me. I'm like, oh, somebody's gonna look good for the live stream. <laughs> <laughs> out of out of my workday sweatpants into my formal sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a, a different experience with the podcast in the last 100 episodes. But I'm glad that we're we're able to keep uh, Bill wrote a Bill Meeks wrote a book about podcasting. And one of the things that he outlines in his um, uh, what is it? Uh, it's the POV. Uh, oh, the cafe oh. POV, right? Yeah, the cafe POV. And one of those, I think the E is expansion. 
And so we took that expansion and we expanded some things. So, so I, I think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is that because of that expansion, because of trying to do something a little different with Supergirl Radio, we were able to achieve so many more things. We were able to change formats for episodes and experiment with things. We played we played a board game over <laughs> a live stream. Uh, and, and we were able to do so many different things and incorporate so many different people that way. And uh, so I think the live streaming for us has been um, something that has helped the, take the podcast to a, a new level. And I think even when we don't have people that we're bringing into the live stream, live streaming is so much more interactive than usually, you know, when, when we're recording, it's just, you know, you and I, and some, most of the time we're just over Skype, but when we're on the live stream, we'll get comments like as we're going along and I'm like, oh my God, somebody made like a really hilarious joke in the, in the chat. Like, let's put that up. It's the idea of like, it's, you know, it's you and I kind of hanging out talking about Supergirl, but here are all of our friends that are sort of like just off waiting in the wings, talking to, talking back to us. <laughs> yes. So we usually, we have to wait for the feedback for that. <laughs> yes, and that's that's been really good. We get instant feedback, and and sometimes it's correcting us when it, when we're wrong, which is great. Uh, because I need we, that in the moment. I need like a I need like a real time fact checker. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am that, often wrong. <laughs> yes, that is that has been really nice. So uh, we hope that everybody has enjoyed the live streaming. We'll probably do a lot more of that, and uh, so so I think um, I think it's been really cool that everybody has sort of jumped in you know, jumped in and jumped on board with that. So, so thanks to the listeners for participating. Do you realize that like the next time we do one of these, it'll be for 400 episodes, 400 episodes. That's going to be, that's going to be a lot. Uh, but 300 episodes is, is a big deal. I, I like celebrating all these, these little milestones. Cause you know, we, we work pretty hard. We're pretty concerned not to brag on us and not to sound <laughs> egotistical, but we podcast mostly every week. And we're pretty, we try to stay consistent about that. And so it's nice to sort of every now and then just take a moment and say, hey, we did something great. And uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let's celebrate that. So um, I, I know on Apple Podcasts, it says we have over 300 episodes, but just to make sure other people understand, in case you didn't know, some of those episodes that count as episodes are like interviews from San Diego Comic-Con roundtables and things like that, things that we don't really count technically as a Supergirl radio episode. So if, if, if you're confused about that, just wanted to let you know, uh, we actually, uh, there are certain things that I, I consider to be an episode. Um, and Rebecca has been keeping track on the docs. So I, <laughs> I knew when we were getting close cause I was like, Two ninety five. <laughs> what? I haven't done that many. <laughs> yeah. So uh, three hundred episodes is is a big thing to celebrate, and uh, so I thank you, Morgan, for being um, uh, uh, a person who is willing to try new things and is willing to sort of go with a lot of uh, ideas that some people some people might not be on board with. But you've always been really good about being like, okay, let's try it, and. Uh, and then it turns out to be really great. So I, I really appreciate you You sort of uh, like the listeners jumping on board with things uh, because it, I think for me, that makes it a lot more fun um, when, you know, there's somebody I'm talking to in, in a, a podcasting format that is willing to sort of do some of these things. I feel like we have a very improv-ish kind of podcast where we're like... I'll throw out a, an idea or you'll throw out an idea and we'll be like, yes. And could we make it weirder? Uh, <laughs> Cause uh, you were like, should we, 
talk about Wonder Woman 1984. And I was like, yes, could we dress up like the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really appreciate that. Like we, one of us will come up with an idea and the other one will just kind of like expand on it and be like, that's a great idea. What if we made it more elaborate in this way that <laughs> might be annoying to, to us? And it's like, cool, let's do it. But having those different perspectives always makes it better. So uh, I just wanted to thank you for that. All right. Well, I, I guess that's going to do it for our thoughts on the last 100 episodes. So now we're going to throw it over to some of our favorite clips from episodes 201 through 299. So those those episodes right before this one uh, that we put into a big, huge montage for you to enjoy. What did you think about Lena's AI named Hope? Hope looked like, um, what's that thing that, uh, an hourglass. I was going to say, yeah. Up and down, um, not as not as fun as Miss Tessmacher. <laughs> uh, I do like that she's got like her own. Uh, I know this is crossing the uh, DC Marvel divide, but I like that she's got her own like Jarvis. Basically, like she's got an AI that's like Lena. <laughs> uh, what do you need me to do? But I also like that her AI has co gone evil so fast. Like, <laughs> did, you, did you notice that? Like, yes. her AI is like, Lena, would you like us to destroy her? And Lena's like, Hope, calm down, man. <laughs> I said I wanted to punch her in a simulation. Why do you keep trying to think up ways to kill Supergirl? And she's like, and she's like, Lena, if you if you want, uh, I made your reservations for dinner, and also I've poisoned Supergirl. <laughs> Hope, I told you, would you chill out? Lena's like, listen, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna announce Supergirl's identity to the world, but I'm not gonna upstage her alphabetically <laughs> at her own awards banquet. That that is that's wrong. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hope is in the background, like put poison in her drink, Lena. <laughs> Morgan, do you think Eve was abducted by Lena? I don't know. I, I don't think so. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb, and it's not right, but I love it. I think that I think that Eve was abducted by Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine Lena, like, talking some trash about Eve, like, like being like, <laughs> I had this friend, and she totally betrayed me, and now I'm just really, like, I have this plan to, like, write some mean stuff on her Instagram captions, and Hope is like, what if we kidnapped her? <laughs> <laughs> Lena, your ch I have uh, I have a a, a a locking mechanism on your trunk that I've installed. <laughs> Lena's like, Hope, you're so weird. <laughs> I wonder if Lena will have to stop Hope. Will Lena have to save the day by destroying Hope? That's I, I'm starting Ooh. to think that that will be the case. Just another prediction, probably not going to happen. What if Hope is like, Lena, don't do it. You are my only friend. <laughs> 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 I just love Hope so much. <laughs> you remember that guy she killed? That guy she science murdered? Oh, she's she's don't don't worry, you guys. She's forgotten about that. <laughs> but you know who hasn't? Hope. <laughs> Here's what I want. I want a simulation where I punch Supergirl in the face, and Hope was like, "Okay, Lena, I've got something for you." <laughs> And then Lena comes out of it and she was like, the thing with the school kids was weird. And I was like, was it or was it right? <laughs> Best AI, Hope 
or Gideon um, from Legends of Tomorrow slash The Flash? Uh, this is not even a competition for me. Hope, 100%. Uh, this is really tough for me because Gideon and I go way back. <laughs> Gideon has been, weirdly enough, a love interest of characters <laughs> on Legends of Tomorrow. Things got weird on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with Gideon. However, Hope wants to kill everyone, and I find that really charming. So because we are on Supergirl Radio, I'm going with Hope. That's my get-out-of-jail-free card. What's really important about this episode is that we got a new version of Hope, the AI. So Morgan, what did you think about the fact that Lena has now taken Hope, her artificial intelligence, and inserted Hope into Eve Tessmacher? What? <laughs> <laughs> so I I will say, Rebecca like, messaged me and was like, whatever you do, don't like don't like social media blackout yourself don't go on i want you to be pure for, for for this ending and i was like this ending gotta be good and when i watched it last night i screamed help now i will say i'm going to miss uh i'm gonna miss tabletop hope i, I think Tabletop Hope was great. Also, it, let me, it allowed me to do that fun robot voice on the podcast. I'm, I'm going to miss the robot voice. Uh, unless Eve starts talking like a robot like halfway through the season. What if Eve suddenly is like, hello, Lena. <laughs> I got you coffee. It's poisoned. This just seems like a bad plan. It's just such a bad plan. She's like, I will. I'm going to fix people. People aren't great. And I'm tired of them. And my uh, my only friend is this little tabletop robot. <laughs> and they're all going to be as perfect as you hope. And, uh, I mean, listen, your tabletop, I love hope. I love her. <laughs> she, maybe before you fix humanity, you might uh, like look at the fact that your tabletop robot is real, like, homicidal. Like, <laughs> hope is now incorporeal form so i just i can't wait to see what she's gonna get into next like can you imagine her just like bumping into like Kara, and she's like eve i didn't know you were back and she's like yes it is me eve <laughs> <laughs> i keep thinking that hope is going to be the ultimate villain of the season but what if by putting her in human form she like the humanity just overtakes all of the robot so like <laughs> in the beginning of the season she's like really like logical and helping lena out with her science experiments and like by the end of the season lena is like i really need your help right now and she's like i can't i'm eating cookie dough and watching <laughs> Grey's anatomy <laughs> She's like, I've ruined this perfect robot. <laughs> Here's a question. If Brainy is an organic AI hybrid, does that mean Lena just created a human version of a Brainiac? That Ooh. may not end well. <laughs> That's a good point, though. It's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. What if Brainy is like, I don't know, I've been really bonded with Eve lately. <laughs> and Eve is like, I have to. <laughs> Brady's like, there's just something so comforting about Eve. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what. I'm just a normal person. <laughs> Hope in the body of Eve will turn on Lena and will have a mind of her own. 
Um, Hope will try to destroy Supergirl. Lena will team up with Kara. That might bring them closer again, but once Kara learns what Lena did, it will rock their friendship. So that, I mean, I could, I could really see that one happening. Uh, I definitely think Hope will try to destroy Supergirl. That, that seems inevitable. Hope was like, you have been hitting her for weeks. Let me hit her now. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Hope, no! <laughs> Which will happen first? Eve taking over Hope and getting revenge on Leviathan, or Hope becoming evil and taking over L Corp? Which one will happen first? Hmm. I'm going to say Hope becoming evil and taking over LL Corp because I just, I love the, I love the mental image of like Lena walking in one day and like Eve is just like feet up on Lena's desk and she's like, <laughs> what's going on? And Lena and, and Eve is like, I'm the boss now. <laughs> Hope Eve has like a real like cult member vibe. <laughs> like she's wearing all white She's got that sort of like dead around the eyes look. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it. I gotta give it to my girl Hope Eve. Like I got hope. Hope all the way. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> she's I like. Think... I will straighten this hair. <laughs> <laughs> We're not letting that robot voice die. No, I never, never let it up. die. <laughs> We all here love hope, and uh, obviously hope is not going to be your voice of reason in this situation. Hope is not going to be like, no, no, I don't want hands. <laughs> hope is like, that hamburger looks good, and now I can eat it. <laughs> hope slash Eve is trying to understand. I don't even know what we should call her. I guess Lena's been calling her Hope. Lena doesn't even want to think of it as, think of her as Eve anymore. She's like, I've upgraded you. Hope is the best. And Hope is like, yes, I am. <laughs> and somewhere inside, Eve is like, I'm sorry. <laughs> My favorite part of that whole sequence with Hope and Eve, though, was when, um, or with, I guess, Hope and Lena, was when uh, Hope hugs Lena, <laughs> and Lena looks really uncomfortable, and Hope is like, oh, I'm sorry, it must be because I look like Eve, <laughs> but I was like, but I, tur I turned to my, to my fiance, and in that robot voice said, oh my god, I am learning to love. <laughs> <laughs> what if Hope is... It, she's slowly discovering the beautiful things about humanity, you know, butterflies and, <laughs> and flowers and birds singing. And she, she has to stop Lena from mind controlling people because she just think that's, she thinks it's wrong for her to do. I, th I think I could see that working. Oh my God, that would be the best. Like by the end of the season, she's like, Lena, no, <laughs> I love humanity. <laughs> She's like becoming self-aware. She's like, she's like, they are flawed, but they are also great. And then she like pulls out something that 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 shows like the ingenuity of humanity. She's like the uh, that chicken sandwich from KFC where it's two pieces of chicken. <laughs> As a and she's like robots could not make this Lena we couldn't even conceive of the idea I love that the KFC sandwich the KFC, you, the KFC your, double down is, what, is, is the beauty of humanity that she pulls out it's your, it's your example of the the best that the humans can offer the world 
do you approve of Andrea Brooks's uh, robot voice? The thing is, I think that she's doing like a more subtle, uh, nuanced, better robot voice. Um, I'm doing like a like a weird science version of a robot <laughs> voice. <laughs> But I mean, listen, they're both great in their own ways. One of us is a professional actress. <laughs> what else is in those journals? Could Hope's goal be killing Kara? I mean, I think we all know the answer to that, right? Is definitely yes. I mean, I think Hope's goal is always murder. <laughs> Eve, like, made one mention of it before, like, Hope took her over and was like, what is Leviathan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've, we've been talking for 48 minutes, I think. Something like that. And this is the first time we've had uh, a Hope Robot voice mention. Shame oh my on, god, I'm, shame I'm so sorry to everyone. <laughs> Listen, Hope didn't, do, Hope didn't do a lot in this episode. She was just like, oh, does Malefic have the ability to control minds? <laughs> and Lena's like, oh, that's a good point. And she's like, maybe we should kidnap him. <laughs> James employing kids and teaching them how to sleep under the desk. Or James creating a turtle boy squad with the kids in the town. So this is a twist on the Newsboy Legion. Instead yeah. of being newsies, they're just all <laughs> turtle boys. They're just all turtle boys. He just makes a like an unholy <laughs> legion of turtle boys. What is the origin story of that? I I, I feel like that's some Lena Luther stuff right there. Like mm. he calls Lena and he's like, you know, I'm just I I really like these kids really need something to guide them. And she's and Lena's like, I don't know, I'm thinking of something. And in the background, Hope goes, What if they all became turtle boys? <laughs> <laughs> Malefic interacting with Lena or with Hope? I mean, I'm going to pick Hope. I mean, Hope, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I want that buddy comedy. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I want them to become best friends. <laughs> and like later, Lena's like, okay, we got to get rid of Malefic. Like he's, we got to send him to the Phantom Zone. And Hope is like, no, we are braiding each other's hair. <laughs> Here's my question about the Maladorian Dendrasp. So, uh, Lena says that this creature is a hundred times more aggressive than anything on Earth. And I started to think, well, how did Lena Luther capture it then? <laughs> uh, you know what she did? She was like, Hope, <laughs> I'm going to need you to go grab something for me. And Hope was like, Sure thing. Don't worry. It's only this human body. And somewhere inside, <laughs> Eve is like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Hope is like, it can bite me wherever. <laughs> I do not care. And then she comes back and she's like, the human has lost a finger. And Eve is inside like, no. Well, uh, we got an email from New Rachel who asks, uh, quote, since Malefic is sleeping in Lena's prison cell now, where is Hope sleeping? Is she sleeping under one of Lena's desks? Also, who else sleeps under desks? William, Brainy, Andrea, unquote. Uh, so, Morgan, do you think that Hope is sleeping under one of the uh, desks in Lena's lab? You know, I hadn't considered it, but now I really hope so. <laughs> because what if we could just continue this joke with Hope? Um, <laughs> In, inarguably the best character of this season where yes. it's like Lena, Lena comes in she's like Hope where are you and she's like looking at this empty bed and Hope just pops up from beneath a desk and she says 
I was sleeping. <laughs> I live here now. It is so dark. And, um, <laughs> and Luna's like, oh no, not again. I dated someone just like this. <laughs> we can assume that the girl in the story is supposed to be Andrea because she's the one who ends up with the medallion. But my question was, does Lena see herself as the girl in this story? Probably, right? I mean, I that's the story that she had been read so i bet she was like purest heart sounds like me right hope is <laughs> <laughs> like yes miss luther you are very pure of heart i kind of hope that like lena uh, that hope channels eve <laughs> like like they have a seance and eve pops back up and she's like oh my god what are you doing and then hope is like thank you uh, body friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions about that scene. Uh, just yeah. as a side note. Does uh, Hope, does Hope live there? I, that was my question. Are they roommates? <laughs> is that what's yeah. happening? Lena is like kind of a bad evil genius. She's like, <laughs> she's like, listen, I've got my evil plan and I'm sticking to it, but I don't want to hurt my robot friend. <laughs> That's very important to me. I, I cannot let my robot friend sacrifice herself. She is my only friend. I made her. Um, my robot friend is really, if you think about it, like a, a Russian nesting doll of like two of my only friends. Like, I'm not convinced that, that Hope wasn't the one like hitting a beep boop bop buttons and being like, oh no, the kryptonite guns launched. <laughs> it's like, wait, how did they go on? No idea. <laughs> Hope is like, look in the second drawer. I have several contingency plans. And then, and then it's like one contingency plan that's like, I took you hostage. And then there's like five contingency plans underneath that are just like the murder of different people. <laughs> and Luna's like, oh no. <laughs> Lena is doing some real crazy things. There's still like, there's still a bit of Lena where she's like, no, 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 don't fire the kryptonite guns. Like, we don't have to do that. And Hope is like, don't we? With Eve slash Hope in jail, can Lena communicate with her since she's like a walking hard drive? Or will she just extract Hope back to her Alexa unit and Eve will wake up having no clue why or how she got in jail? <laughs> that is, oh my God, that is my favorite. That is my favorite new theory. Because could you just imagine, could you imagine Eve like wakes up and she's like, oh God, I had the weirdest dream. <laughs> Why am I in jail? <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Eve just like shows up at, at Lena's place and she's like, great, just in time for Golden Girls party night. <laughs> I love the idea though of her like going to jail and she's like as Eve and then she's just like turns to her bunkmate and she goes, I've got a secret. And her bunkmate's like, I don't care. And she's like, I am a robot. <laughs> I feel like it's going to take a lot of like growing as a person and healing for Lena to be like, I'm okay that you were going to blow me up. And Alex to be like, hey, it's okay that you're going to mind control the world. And then they, like, hug it out. I feel like they <laughs> could get there. It's just going to take a while. And it's it, probably not if Lena listens to Hope. <laughs> Hope will be like, Lena, I have a suggestion. Why don't you blow her up? <laughs> R.I.P. Hope. Can we still get the, the Hope voiceovers in the podcast? 
You sure can. <laughs> At Vetty A, who asks, which will happen next week? We find out that Hope is back working with Lena, or the Crisis on Infinite Earths resurrected Mercy Graves. Ooh. Morgan, which one would you rather see happen? Because this is a tough one. This is a tough one. This is everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> um, but uh, listen, I have to go with my girl, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you're definitely going to get is my eternal gratitude because I don't want to do them guys. I don't want to do these plugs. Yeah. You're doing it. Do it for me. No, nay, do it for hope. Do it for hope. As hope was d disappearing from the multiverse. She said, please help Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> she hates the plugs. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Kara and uh, and Lena being best friends again. Like they're in a corner of the beach. They're just like running along the beach, like happy as can be. Isn't it great that uh, isn't friendship great? They say <laughs> they run <laughs> <laughs> far, far in the background. Hope is planning her revenge. <laughs> Hope is like friendship is great. <laughs> I will kill you, Supergirl. <laughs> if and when Andrea uh, Andrea Brooks comes back. Should it be as a regular or as recurring? I mean, I want her back all the time. So I would say regular. It's been so long since I've done the Hope voice. So regular, obviously. <laughs> Hope, we miss you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we hadn't seen Hope in a while since Crisis. I know. And now, we, got, and we, now we have Hope bots. We have an, a whole army of <laughs> bots that like go around making sure you haven't broken curfew i screamed i was so happy i was like i hope you're back and he she was like why are you out on the street uh, and i was like that's my girl god bless them for bringing that those hope robots they were like hello it is me i am back busted out of jail <laughs> just like started from the bottom now i'm here <laughs> i'm choosing uh eve hope as matrix supergirl also i just imagine her being like hope help and compassion for all <laughs> <laughs> who would win in a fight eve or hope <laughs> but if they were both in two separate eve bodies so you would have to separate them out so it'd be like eve versus eve so which one would you pick oh my god it's it's definitely gonna be hope she is cold-blooded <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious if this version of eve slash hope has any connection to lena luther i don't know how that works post-crisis yeah I'm not sure. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't trust her, but I do love her. Yeah, I, I don't feel like that patch is going to get fixed anytime soon. Just <gasps> throwing it out there. What if Hope was like continually uh, causing them problems? Oh, my God. What if Hope is the IT department? Like that? <laughs> Every time that they put in like a ticket, Hope is like, don't worry. I have closed it out. Hope sends out the survey. What did you think about my performance and then everybody's like giving her ones they're like you didn't fix it and she's like aha and she like hits something and it all goes to fives perfect score <laughs> someone's getting a raise i love this more than the rudy theory <laughs> and me too because <laughs> it brings back my hope voice <laughs> i feel like tabletop hope would just like in the middle of the night you'd be sleeping and she would just be like haha murder <laughs> 
Lena was like, we're going to, we're going to really show Supergirl. We're going to like really embarrass her. And then Hope is like by killing her. And she's like, no God, we've talked about this. No Hope, Calm down. You should listen to the DC TV podcast. Just because he killed my father doesn't mean give me the right to kill somebody. And then she hears this like little voice in her head. And it was like, you should kill him. <laughs> the crisis reset erased every bad deed done in the first half of season five. Including my girl, Hope. <laughs> Including your girl, Hope. My dream is to get uh, Andrea's Hope voice and Morgan's Hope voice to talk to each other. That's Oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's what I would want. Maybe, maybe Kari Walgren would be a better one for that because yeah. she's the one who actually does the, the Hope uh, the tabletop hope, hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that's my dream. I don't know if Morgan's up for it, but um, I, I mean, it, it would be terrifying but I would try Hope, uh, um, helpful organizer possessing Eve. Hope, H-O-P-E, hugging only provokes ennui. <laughs> Hope, uh, hijackie of polymorph evildoer. That is our acronym of the week. Thank you, SLC. <laughs> Please continue sending these all season. <laughs> Hope. Has a uh, obligatory plot exposition. <laughs> Hope hardly occurring peripheral entity. Hope, hopefully organizing prison escape. <laughs> Hope, um, heavens operating at peak efficiency now. Hope, hecking overzealous police exosuit. Hope, happy opportunity to purify Earth. <laughs> Hope. Hiding off-screen, predominantly evil. <laughs> <laughs> the programming on Catco TV or Catco News or whatever it's called is just Supergirl giving, like, various heartfelt <laughs> speeches to the camera. And that's, like, you know how, like, when you put on Bravo and you know you're going to see somebody, like, throw a drink or flip a table? <laughs> like, you turn on Catco and you're like, oh, there's Supergirl. She's telling us to believe in ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't Supergirl just get on a TV camera and say, hey, that wasn't me? Yeah, that was my question, too. I feel like, listen, <laughs> of all the times to um, to take over the airwaves, yes. <laughs> now might be it. Like, now <laughs> is the time. You have somebody who has um, some form of media <laughs> empire. We're still not sure what they do. <laughs> <laughs> but you work there and you have access to cameras. Maybe now is the time to be like, hey, James, if you could crawl out from under the desk <laughs> for a minute, <laughs> could we, could I borrow uh, the Catco broadcasting system for just a sec? Could you pause whatever it is that Catco broadcasts? <laughs> We're still not clear on that. And could we. <laughs> Could we get, just get Supergirl in there to uh, to give a speech about how that was actually my evil twin? Uh, it wasn't me. Hope, hope, hope. <laughs> she tells Kara there is no hope speech that can make this better, which Kara, uh, I'm very thankful for, uh, disproved by the end of it. Kara's like, oh, oh, excuse me. There's always a hope speech. Don't worry. <laughs> Were you surprised that Supergirl used a, a hope speech? to uh defeat the villain what, what what's your no take no that's that's her, that's her main thing that's like <laughs> when they were like how are we gonna get all these people out of the like out of obsidian out of the vr and she was just like 
obviously, I'm going to do a hope speech. <laughs> Duh. Like, <laughs> at this point, they should just be like, they should just turn to car and be like, should we get the camera crew now? <laughs> or <laughs> how could she steal Supergirl's thing like that? What is Supergirl's thing? Turning the TV cameras on and telling people in like a very stern tone to be nice to each other is Supergirl's whole thing. It's like what she does at the end of every season. How dare you, Wonder Woman? How dare you step on her turf like that? <laughs> Maybe she's flipped her strategy now. Maybe it's cover the shoulders but go hard on the sleeves that could be it because those sleeves so i'm thinking that those sleeves like she could tuck some like evil things into them <laughs> like blackmail maybe could be in there those sleeves are like each level is a different level of blackmail she's like hold on wait and she just like pulls like a, f a fully formed like sword out of one of them <laughs> and, like maybe she's the one who will eventually fight agent liberty oh, and she'll be like hold on i have some stuff literally <laughs> up my sleeves <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen Mercy's clavicles at all, so I'm not sure I believe that. <laughs> she did have one shoulder out. That, oh, you're you're right. You're right. Well, that's how that's how you knew that like Lena was going to win in the end, <laughs> because Lena knows if you if you want to win, if you're committed, you get both of them shoulders out. <laughs> you, you can't just you can't just go wishy washy. You can't just pop out one. You got to pop them both out. <laughs> Her funeral look was pretty on point. It was way too appropriate. I was like. <laughs> could i mean it had like a little it had a little bit of a v in the front and i was like could the v like be like much deeper or something <laughs> like oh we need something the shoulders were in it was black <laughs> she was dressed so appropriately i didn't know what to do with all of that <laughs> that suit is telling me listen guess who's in charge it's me <laughs> and you pit you pitched a uh, a new variation of lena luther borger ballroom that i thought would be fun to discuss in this episode uh because we got a lot of miss tessmacher we got a lot of her in this episode so uh Ange pitched uh, a segment called miss tessmacher villainy or vanity which i thought was a great idea so Ange. Uh, do you have any thoughts about Miss Tessmacher and her uh, wardrobe choices in this episode? Probably too many thoughts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, um, uh, there are a couple of outfits that really stand out. So the the one where she um, is visiting Lex in like his conjugal prison cell, which is so creepy. <laughs> um, she's wearing like this fuzzy sort of lilac sweater and a green pencil skirt. And I'm sitting there and I'm going like, she went all out because you know Lex loves that purple and green oh, color scheme. Yeah. And she was going for it, albeit the pastel version. So uh, so uh, I thought that that was definitely um, a little bit of villainy because I think that she was sort of, uh, she wanted to sort of entice him. And I have to say, um, one of the things that I loved about this was back when she gets hired to be Cat Grant's assistant, we're like, why is somebody with a physics degree from Yale like working as a gopher? <laughs> yeah. And now we know. It's like the whole thing about this episode is that it goes, it does this deep dive to explain things. Kelly says to him, they dress their patients in business attire in this hospital. And I just kind of chuckled to myself because I was like, well, Lena Luther does own this I hospital. Was about, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Anything is possible when it comes to Lena Luther. She's like, actually, yeah. Yes, instead of a hospital gown, I feel like that's not formal enough. All of them must be in three-piece suits. <laughs> I liked her, like, 
her lowest lane attire. I like that her vest had like some pinstripes on it. She kind of looked like a she kind of looked like a cross between Lois Lane and like a very classy mobster. <laughs> and I loved it. I like to think that she was like, okay, I'm going to a jail, but I'm investigating. <laughs> what do I need? And she was just like going through a closet and she was like, right, the leather blazer. <laughs> <laughs> For one, you have to be tough, but also you're getting business done. <laughs> I appreciate that Lena has an appropriate outfit for every occasion, (laughs) including threatening a warden. (laughs) I was like, this is what I come to this show for (laughs) almost exclusively is Lena's outfits turning into like daggers. (laughs) I think I was more obsessed with her shoes. Mm. Now her shoes looked are some are like. I don't know, like, if a Wicked Witch uh, hooked up with a sexy pilgrim. Like, it's, <laughs> you know that, like, the, the That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> you know that big buckle on the pilgrim hat? It looks like, um, it looks like she is going to discover America and then have a house dropped on her. And I love it. I'm looking for it. I've zoomed in and I cannot determine if her shoulders are free or if they're captured no i i think i think she her shoulders covered hmm. morgan morgan any thoughts let's see let's i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> this I'm is gonna great high, high this res is great podcast version as, yeah as, <laughs> as, as i'm as we zoom in i'm zooming in on the photo guys i'm zooming i'm zo- imagine in like one of those like csi shows where i just like select a, a portion of the photo <laughs> and then it zooms like really close and it gets pixelated and then wait for the computer well, the to render dif- enhance enhance the only um, difference though the only difference though is that our show would actually be good compared to those csi shows <laughs> our show would be just as good as those csi shows now <laughs> You know that Lena's mad at Kara because this is a very, very special occasion. <laughs> and she she covered up those clavicles. She was like, no, my shoulders don't see the light of day. <laughs> the floral blouse would actually be way too much by itself. But with that, like, red vest on there, it says, like, hey, I'm powerful. I'm not that sure about what I'm doing about <laughs> for humanity. I'm not, like, shoulders out short. In fact, I'm, like, putting... <laughs> Several. La- I feel like that should be her first warning sign. She's putting several layers on top of her shoulders. Like that is the, that is not a, a Lena that is sure about her actions. That is a Lena who has some some amount of of self doubt. What did you think? Because uh, we got a return of the ice cream dress in this episode. Yes, I was so excited. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I was watching with Mike and he was like, I don't like that outfit. And I turned on him so viciously. And I was like, excuse me, how dare you? And he's like, I met on Kara. Oh, my God. <laughs> Melissa, how, how would you describe her dress? Uh, it has a lot of ruffles would those be considered? so many ruffles um i like it though because it looks a sort of old-fashioned it looks very down to earth she's got her shoulders out she has her shoulders out which is a real power move <laughs> she's like <laughs> she's like uh, everybody else is here and they look wonderful but guess whose shoulders <laughs> is still mine <laughs> she is in a full sequence jumpsuit now, I before I'll be honest, 
did I, I, I accepted that her, she and Lena were friends, <laughs> but did I understand the, the basis of their friendship? Not really, but now I do. Later in the episode, she really changed her outfit and her whole vibe. So if she was in the 60s before, she went back further in time uh, to about the the 1800s and she and then she was serving us some penny dreadful realness she was like look it's me i'm a victorian ghost uh, but i'm a victorian business ghost because i've got a lot of lace but i also have this smart blazer so like i'm not just here to haunt you i'm here to change your 401k i expect way more shoulders um at, at least if she's at the office i want to see some clavicle maybe a little back i mean everything was covered up she looked like she could like run a board meeting and i was like are you okay? This is how, this is the first time you should know that she shook a little bit to this episode. <laughs> I appreciate that with all of the, the, the more divisive things about this season. I mean, there are a lot of things in this season I personally find very divisive and, uh, you know, splitting apart the audience and, you know, trying to make, you know, separate people into groups. I, I feel like some of the stories they're doing, all the topical stories that they're doing kind of make people choose certain uh, things. But I at least like that we can all come together and unite over Lena Luther's wardrobe. So that that I, I find very rewarding. <laughs> is what unites us all. It is what unites us because we had a request to to do Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom from at Dr. Ange 70 on Twitter, who also does a, a great Supergirl site at uh, comicboxcommentary.blogspot.com. Uh, a great Supergirl website if you want to go read uh, Angie's um, reviews and commentaries uh, about the show and comics and all things Supergirl. Uh, but he requested boardroom or ballroom. We had at least that I could count four emails that we got that mentioned the sweater. So, Morgan, we need to talk about it. We need to get into this sweater. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on Lena's gray sweater? This is the best sweater I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not going to be hyperbolic about it. This sweater changed my life and I'm a different person now. <laughs> <laughs> what if he got really tired of underneath the desk and he was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to get a better desk. <laughs> and I'm going to make this room so much better. He's just renovating, I think, to make uh, for a better I, I hope he, I think he's just hoping to get a better desk. There's going to be like a fixer upper style reveal <laughs> where they like pull, they like pull the picture away and like it, he's got like a like a two-story desk. <laughs> <laughs> this is somewhere in there there's a pool in the back of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's like, "Listen, I've been renovating." <laughs> I'm, I've I've flipped this desk. <laughs> Lena's just standing in the corner, like so proud. She's like, he's been working on it so hard. <laughs> She's like, you know, I did gently suggest, like, what if you just lived in like a normal house? But like, you know what? This is what he is. This is who he is. <laughs> there was a location that we were given in this episode uh, that we were never told where it is. Uh, but James and Lena are, I guess, about to eat a dinner. James is making a souffle, and they're they're at so someone's house, someone's apartment that has a balcony. Uh, where do you think that this location is? Does James have a home? So this was for me the biggest scandal of the episode. <laughs> Forget about the mind wipe. 
what is this? Is this under a desk? Are we in like a tiny bottle city of Candor situation? <laughs> because I don't understand. Well, I mean, taking a step back from the James lives under his desk joke, is this James's place or is this Lena's place? I have no I, clarity. I don't. He's cooking, but he could be cooking at her place. He totally 20, could. It's 2019. He totally <laughs> could. Cook. The only reason I think it's maybe Lena's is because there's a purple fireplace. I mean, should we judge James? Uh, we don't know what he's into. Well, <laughs> I associate the color purple with L- Luther's because, I do too, especially yeah. with on Smallville, purples were everywhere with the Luther's. Uh, Lex and Lionel would wear like purple ties. You know, I mean, just. All the time, purple with the Luthers. So I I get a Lutherian vibe out of it, but I don't know. I like the idea though that this is a miniaturized version <laughs> of the desk. I'm I'm gonna go with that for now until we have new information. <laughs> They've been under the, they're under the desk this whole time. <laughs> I love that so much. So that's what I'm going with. That they have shrunken themselves down underneath the desk. <laughs> And this is what they do under the desk. So Laura sent us a link uh, saying, I saw this and it immediately made me think of you guys regarding James's sleeping situation. Thought you might get a giggle from it. And it is legitimately one of the best, one of the best emails we've ever gotten. Uh, Morgan, do you, would you like to describe to the listeners what Laura has sent us? I'm crying. Um, <laughs> it is a literal nap desk. Like, so the picture, the first picture is just like a normal white desk. It looks like really nice. And you're like, oh, cool. But then, but then, <laughs> the, like the, the, the one side of the desk flips down and the other side of the desk like flips out and it becomes a desk bed like there's a pillow there's this woman sleeping under there she looks happy as a clam just as james would be with this situation (laughs) this is real i've never seen i've never seen anything like this before (laughs) nap desks oh my god it's almost as if we spoke it into existence and we didn't know it. i'm taking credit we made this happen rebecca (laughs) we have to talk about the most important part of the episode that um, James is not the only one who lives under the desk at Catco. <laughs> we're discovering, we're peeling this back like layers of an onion. So in terms of James and what is happening for him in season five, sadly, we got news that uh, Makad Brooks is leaving the show. Uh, Entertainment Weekly reports that he is departing on his own accord in order to focus on feature films and develop a cable series in which he would star. He's also currently writing a book. Although there aren't any details on how the character will be written off the show, the door is always open for him to return. So, Morgan, what are your thoughts on uh, James Olsen leaving the show in season five? I have the title of his book. <laughs> My, uh, My Life is a Turtle. Turtle, <laughs> turtle Boy Unveiled. <laughs> uh, I, some other pitches for his book. Um, living on a Prayer dot 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 under my desk Uh (laughs) turtle turtle boy turtle boy so my speculation is that lena is going to try to turn him into super soldier to save him but it's not going to go the way she thought and we're going to get turtle boy jimmy olsen (gasps) Uh, 
see another thing that would heal some wounds. I know. She's like, I was trying to make you super, and instead I made you a turtle boy. <laughs> it, her, her experiments were not quite finished. She had not quite perfected it yet. She's like, in my defense, I wasn't done. James Olsen has a new desk. <laughs> what did you think about it? Well, okay, so... I'm happy that he is no longer homeless. Like, that's really important to me as a person, uh, that he has a home. Uh, the new the new home, listen, let's be honest, not as swanky as the old home. Like, but sometimes you have to move. Uh, you know, sometimes you're moving and you're like, I'm going to downsize. I was in a deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> but now I'm gonna bring it. I'm bring it back to my hometown. But be more of the people. I'm gonna be closer <laughs> to the people. I'm gonna be on the ground now. So I mean, I feel like he had some. He had some mahogany, you know, going on in there. Some sort of some version of wood in that <laughs> desk. You know, uh, it's not. It's not the. It's not the high tech Catco desk. But he's not the high tech Catco James Olsen anymore. My bigger concern, Rebecca, and I don't know if you picked this up as mm. well. What's that? Um, how did he get that camera back? No, oh, yes. <laughs> that camera. I screamed when I was watching this, and uh, my fiance was like, "What is wrong with her?" <laughs> and I was like, "You don't understand. That camera was his whole motivation for becoming guardian. And somehow, what did he glue it back together? <laughs> it looks pretty good. He was like, here." This camera was from my father, and I was like, "You sit on a throne of lies." <laughs> I think this this could be the start of Guardian and the Newsboy Legion. Now, do I think that the showrunners intended this? No, I do not, because a they don't know their show history, and b they don't care anything about the comics. They don't they don't care about the Newsboy. They don't care about Turtle Boy. We never got Turtle Boy. We never got Turtle Boy. You know what? I did. I I felt like I accepted James's end because I could headcanon the Newsboy Legion. I was like, this does seem like the origin story of the Newsboy Legion. He's like, listen, I have magicked my dead father's camera back into existence. <laughs> go, go, young one. Start my <laughs> legion. <laughs> This is episode four. So it's all happened so fast. I, I could kind of see that being like a, a late season pivot if it was a late season pivot. pivot. But we're talking episode four. Pivot! <laughs> uh, which is what James did when he was moving his new desk into that office. <laughs> He's like, listen, I, I bought the paper, but I'm going to need to live a little better than this. And they're like, I... Well, I mean, what are you talking about? He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to live here now. <laughs> <laughs> My personal highlight for this whole episode was when James is told to um, to go to his happy place uh, when he's, you know, when he's having a PTSD episode and his happy place is his office. <laughs> uh, I could not have stopped. I was not. I couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, at this point, is is the show trolling me? I could call this season like a tale of two shows. Like there were two shows this season and one show was trying really hard to accomplish thing like to accomplish something with varying degrees of success, which is I think the topical issues, mm -hmm. if we may. And the other show was like, what if 
Lillian tried to poison her own son by like serving him tea in the Oval Office. And like that was the show. That's always been the show that I've wanted to watch. And I think both of us are kind of on the same page where it's like if you can do something crazy, but like ground it in the characters like that's the show I want to watch. I want it to be it's okay. It can be a little comic booky and a little weird as long as you've got characters that you really care about and the emotional beats make sense. Then you can like say you could turn a mild manner reporter into a turtle boy and like we would be along <laughs> it would be okay with it timeline with evil lena and evil hope robots or timeline with james <laughs> oh my god <clears throat> i'm sorry one second <laughs> i just gotta get it under control ahem <clears throat> or marissa you 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 devil you <laughs> or a timeline with james as turtle boy with the newsboy legion <laughs> Uh, um, oh oh god it's really hard i gotta go turtle boy it's turtle boy boy. oh god what what kind of adventures james olsen with the newsboy legion get into (laughs) on supergirl radio we have a sort of a strange long-running joke that because we never saw James's like apartment or where he lived, that uh-huh. he like slept under his desk like uh, George Costanza on Seinfeld when he made that like <laughs> under desk area. So then we would do like a like a desk watch where we'd be like, well, James was gonna go home, but then he only turned around and went headed back to his desk. So, <laughs> and we we also saw on the show that Franklin was sleeping under his desk at Catco, so we feel like it's maybe a cultural thing there. So, so d- does oh, Nina have oh, there you are. desk bed at work? Um, it's, I mean, she, she, I think she just sleeps asleep a lot. Yeah, I think she just sleeps at her desk. I don't think she really has a desk bed. I think her bed, wherever sleep finds her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, although I think now her her narcolepsy problem, her narcolepsy problem is more related to she was not sleeping hmm. when we first introduced her she was in such a state of exhaustion constantly that she would just pass out because she hasn't slept for days and days and days because when she first started having these visions she was like i can't do this uh it's supposed to be maves i can't these are crazy i'm not ready to deal with this so she just would like not sleep to avoid them and so you'd see her have this problem with energy drinks um, and coffee, and she would do whatever she could to stay awake. And so now she doesn't really fall asleep at her desk so much because um, now she's kind of embraced the dreaming and now she can get home and sleep. <laughs> um, although, you know, now it's um, now it's a matter of if she is hit with a dream, she will fall asleep wherever she is. <laughs> if she's hit with a vision, she's going down. Well, there are actually, we discovered uh, that there are actually desk beds that people can buy. Like, those are actually a thing. Stop there. I yeah. want that. That's for Nia. You can actually, like... You can uh, pitch that for next season. Yeah. I want one of those. I think Nia might think need a desk bed. Her. I think that is an important step to take in storytelling, mm-hmm. that we give her her own desk bed. She could still... Really going through an arc there. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's the character development that we love to see. Andrea's uh, apparently has had no naps since she became a new mother, which makes sense. But she also joked that she wished she could say that she had napped on Cat Grant's desk. This is an amazing development. I uh, lost my mind. 
Um, I feel like it's canon now, right? That's that's definitely been established. This this is the desk. I mean, it's a thing. Like we we didn't make it up. Now it's part. It's a part of Supergirl <laughs> canon. The people sleep under the desk. Danny says it just joined, <laughs> and I'm not sure what conversation I walked into, but I'm here for it. Uh, Danny, we went on a, a wild ride into. We, we to, went to Desk Narnia and back. <laughs> Desk Narnia. Ramakan was like just like a dude who kept throwing dirt at people. It was hard to take him seriously. <laughs> and I was like, is this what Leviathan is? It's this. It's this dude like standing on a pile of mulch. I don't. I don't that, think I like that's this. That's actually what <laughs> I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I'm not really, like, I'm not really taking it out it's of... It's true. <laughs> Do you consider Leviathan the greatest threat of all time? Or of their time? I guess I should specify. I mean, looking back at all the seasons of Supergirl, <laughs> my answer would be no. <laughs> so far, from Leviathan, we've seen, and I'm just going to list them out... One creepy older woman <laughs> who seemingly doesn't really do anything besides pop up unexpectedly <laughs> and really like ruin your day. Pretty creepy. Don't love it. Not the worst. <laughs> uh, we've seen Rama Khan, um, whose power is um, just giant stacks of mulch from Home Depot. <laughs> Not the scariest. <laughs> and like our newest big bad from Leviathan is just like that that lady who wears like a lot of sensible business pencil skirts i'm not scared <laughs> of her either so i don't i mean i just don't understand where they get get off saying that it's the that's the worst threat that they've ever faced i feel like weirdly enough that this season has both built up leviathan too much and not built them up enough <laughs> And it's a very strange combination. It's like, would I have preferred Leviathan to just be this sort of like whispery shadow thing that was in the background? Like, would that be scarier to me? And maybe, I mean, I think I was like, I was with the Leviathan thing. I've got to be honest, until we met Ramakan. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, oh no. Leviathan seems I guess like it's going to connect into Andrea Rojas and this Obsidian Prime technology where you can live in your dream world and have your real life at the same time where you can live on a veranda and, and <laughs> sell your own bottles of wine. Like, is that really the threat? I, I was just like, so they invented The Sims with those like <laughs> annoying, but like w with a with a hint of like those annoying things where you can like purchase like uh, another level of Candy Crush in app. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> it's just it was a very they were like, what if you could go out on your veranda and like enjoy the water? I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty nice. I might <laughs> I might be into that. And they're like, what if you can make your own wine? I'm like, okay, now I'm working during my video <laughs> game and then sell it. To who? How are you drinking it? We haven't even seen Ramakan post crisis. Yeah, what's, what's Ramakan up? <laughs> you know Rama, what he's up to? He's out back gardening. He's <laughs> he's, he's in the dream world. Vegetable patch. <laughs> he's in that dream world selling the <laughs> bottle of wine that he made. Yeah, that's true. He's like, I stomped the grapes I grew myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that would be more interesting. I think. To watch with Ram, I would be into seeing that that Ramacon and seeing. What I kind of, I kind of want to see like the Ramacon version of like the commercial for for his wine. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he's just like out of it. He's like, oh, hello there. <laughs> he turns around. He's got the bottle of wine and just a handful of dirt. <laughs> that would you actually be relaxing on my veranda. <laughs> that would actually be a perfect job for him. <laughs> Right? And oh, he, we figured out what he's up to. <laughs> and he, he could sell the wine like, you know, uh, uh, th this wine ages, uh, you know, fine with time, just like me. <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. This is perfect. <laughs> because he's lived so long. <laughs> oh, man. That's a much more interesting version of Ramakar. <laughs> it is. And... Uh. We're giving free ideas to the Supergirl writers because there's the a product, perfect product tie-in. I would buy Ramakans Rama wine. <laughs> <laughs> They've both been teaming up to try to stop Leviathan, which I will point out again, Lex Luthor says in this episode uh, that Leviathan is the greatest threat this planet faces. <laughs> Lex Luthor says, basically says that, and then we like cut to um, a pencil skirt. And uh, old lady, old lady Margot, and old lady Margot. The, you know what's the what's the most terrifying name of all time? Margot. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, is it Margot? Is she gonna give me a hard candy? And, uh, <laughs> maybe I'm being too hard on it, but it just even the cliffhanger is Lex and pencil skirt, and pencil skirt's like, well, maybe I'll introduce you to my people, and I'm like. So I have to wait another week for you guys to have another meeting? Like, are we are, are, are we just rescheduling another meeting for your your little, uh, your business venture? Like, what? I know. I kind of wanted her to be like, I'll check your Outlook calendar <laughs> and you check mine and we'll see where our availability overlaps. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ramakan's rama renaissance and i am living for it and after hearing you guys talk about him and his wardrobe and i think morgan even brought up he had a garden or something oh yeah we, we, have a whole, we have we have a whole backstory and a whole like thing <laughs> mapped out for ramakan like ramakan <laughs> has like a house in napa valley where he like uh has like a whole like he has a winery and like a vineyard and he's just he's just making wine like that's that's what we think Ramakan is doing. So kind of um, like Picard on uh, Star Trek Picard, he had a winery. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ramakan to us is like the the version that we love is in our heads, but uh, but but we do love Ramakan on Supergirl. We're a pro Ramakan podcast here on Supergirl Radio. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know what? I, I think I see a T-shirt forming in my mind. Oh no! Oh, Dave, we've already made a T-shirt. You you don't <laughs> oh, know this? Wonderful. We we already go to the D, uh, if you're in the chat, go to the uh, DC TV podcast T Public Store. We've got a Rama Khan's Rama Wine T-shirt. We're oh, we're twenty God, steps awesome. ahead of you, Dave. We did not even mention the fact that Mitch Pelegi and um, Julie Gonzalo had scenes together. Oh yeah, I for I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it was a Dallas reunion up in there. <laughs> the only way that that could have been better was if like Brenda um, Strong all of a sudden Brenda Strong burst <laughs> out of that giant pile of fertilizer. That would have been and then amazing. they all had a scene together. That would have been so good. Talking about like oil and farmland. <laughs> exactly. She just bursts out and she's like, you can never have my oil. <laughs> By the end of the run of the show, 
my goal is that every cast member from Dallas <laughs> shows up at some point. I just think, doesn't that feel right? Like we're it halfway does. there. We're, we're very so close. close. What's Judith Light doing right now? I bet she could be on <laughs> Supergirl. <laughs> oh man, Judith Light. Who would she play? I mean, who could she play? I mean, <laughs> that's true. She could play anyone. Always open for Judith Light. <laughs> Always here for her, waiting for her to show up. National treasure, Judith. National National treasure, you, Judith Light. Are you trying to get her as a guest on the podcast? I just want to be clear. <laughs> We're open to whatever I mean, she wants maybe, to do. Maybe Twitter could help crowdsource that. Judith uh, Light. Judith so everybody tweeted Judith Light to get her on yes. the Supergirl podcast. I think that's really boring. Could you imagine how confused Judith Light would be if she got all these like, requests to be like, please go, please go on Supergirl radio. And she's like, I'm not on that show. I don't Why? Why would I do that? I really hope your listeners embrace this. Judith, girl, we'll have you on anytime. <laughs> I feel like the more we put out Judith Light into the universe, the more likely it is that we're getting her on this show. We're going to make this happen. It's on my secret board, so it's, it's gonna, <laughs> I, I'm going to will it into reality. We talk more about Judith Light than any podcast <laughs> out there. I believe it. I believe it. It's like, what do you like to listen to Supergirl Radio for? The Judith Light coverage, mostly. <laughs> so what are your thoughts about how would you pitch Comet on the show? This is a good question because Comet is one of the weirder elements of Supergirl mythology and I know this specifically because I was on an episode of Supergirl Power Hour that's uh, hosted by uh, our DC TV family uh, Corey and she sent me a whole bunch of Silver Age Supergirl comics to read and I was like okay cool this will be fun and I didn't know what I was getting into I didn't know <laughs> how deep and dark the rabbit hole gets in the Silver Age and uh, so Comet is a super horse that also kind of turns into a dude who's also kind of into Kara. <laughs> so it's kind of like my horse, my boyfriend. Uh, and it gets weird. So, I mean, I think maybe what you want to do is like Kara decides in season five, like maybe I'm going to, uh, maybe I'm ready to love again. I'm ready to get out there. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm getting on the apps. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this thing and then like she shows up at the restaurant to meet this guy and then maybe the guy's a horse. Like I don't <laughs> I feel like or the guy or she 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 makes a she makes a connection with this guy. She's like, This is the guy I, I love this this guy is so great. Like, I don't know. I know things have gone awry with people in the future the james thing didn't work out monel my god monel uh but this guy <laughs> this guy comet who's got a really weird name is like so great and then like later in the episode he gets turned into a horse and she's like well i guess what do i do now and then she just decides to stick with it and she's like out buying him oats somewhere or something. I don't... <laughs> there's no logical way to add comet into a, into the show in any capacity which is why i like thinking about how to do it we have seen in season five we've got some some more cast members from tnt's dallas i yeah we have gotten a lot like a lot yeah <laughs> so we have a lot of the 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 cast from uh the reboot of dallas so I was thinking about 
uh, Josh Henderson, who played J.R.'s son on that show. Yes. And I really would love to get him on Supergirl. And I was thinking, you know, it'd be really cool if, like, he came on. He was, like, this cowboy, you know, this, like, rugged cowboy. Just just go with it. This is This is something <laughs> I would want to see. And so then I started thinking about cowboys ride horses, right? Okay. I'm 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 going with you. I think I know where you're going to end up. <laughs> what if Josh Henderson came on and played Comet? I think that would be all my dreams coming true. <laughs> so Dustin has his theory is that it's possible that William could be Comet. So let's let's dig into Dustin's points and his, his uh, Dustin's arguments for this. So number one, we've <laughs> never seen the apartment that William lives in. Assuming he doesn't live in a stable, this is obviously because it is full of pictures of horses, which would be a dead giveaway to the story device that would be used to add tension to Supergirl and William's inevitable will they horse he relationship. <laughs> <laughs> will they horse he? I'm crying. <laughs> I, this is this is the best theory I've ever heard. Uh, this this is the way you get me on board with the William Parr relationship. So I would easy. then fight for this relationship. I'd be like, excuse me, he is a horse. How dare you say that to him? He's majestic. <laughs> so, but the theory goes on. So number two, uh, the argument, uh, the second <laughs> argument is William is stubborn, just like horses. And number three, Kara is often at her workplace not working. That is similar to how horses do all the work, all the working cowboy horse relationships. Oh my god! Dustin goes on to ask, "Does William work? Probably because horses are." I don't think I can finish this email. Really good. Oh, uh, probably because horses are hard workers. I suspect he's gone for long stretches because he's busy doing all the interviews. Kara doesn't. Unquote. <laughs> Dustin. Oh my god! Such a Wait, good theory. So Dustin is the first time. This is the first time Dustin has written in. Dustin, please write in every week. Kara <laughs> was thinking about going uh, on a date with him, and then she said nay. <laughs> poor Cara just just she just wanted to go on a date with the possible horseman who she sang karaoke with I love that as a genre this is taking off and and I think it's important to keep the ball rolling on this <laughs> it's uh it's amazing to me that the theory that Dustin came up with which was sort of an extension of my need to get Josh Henderson on the show to complete Dallas Bingo, uh, <laughs> Supergirl Dallas Bingo. Uh, that This is now turned into a creative enterprise for people uh, and a creative outlet to write these stories. And uh, that makes me so happy. And uh, I, 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 I don't know, Morgan, should, should we read them? I, I feel like a dramatic reading might be in order that maybe something happens with the wound and he has to be he has to be fixed again magically and something happens and he transforms into a horse i think it's still possible i think <laughs> what if what if his wound gets infected and they're like the only way for us to save him and this is gonna sound weird <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just like it's just like alien technology, and they're like the side effect is that he's going to be a horse some of the time. <laughs> <laughs> William, hey, hey, hey. And... <laughs> uh, by the way, hey is spelled as in uh, four horses. Are you dating Comet? Kara stared. Comet? Who's Comet? Of course, her possibly dating was his only takeaway when there was a horse in her loft. Our last snap, snap judgment is from Anna. Who says, what do you think Lena was doing as she died? This is grim. Letting Alex hold her while whispering, I'm still not your friend. (laughs) Or frantically pushing her watch and screaming Kara's name, hoping she would show up and save her. This, Anna, can I ask you a snap judgment? (laughs) Who hurt you? (laughs) The final snap judgment from Anna is, would you rather have Kara and Lena never repair their bond and stay heartbroken forever, or have Kara and Lena finally repair their bond only to have Lex shoot and kill Lena right after she and Kara pull away from a hug? Oh! God. That is, that Anna. is. <laughs> Anna, honestly, I'm gonna. What what is your email? I will send you pictures of puppies. <laughs> we gotta we gotta get you out of this this dark place, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> what intrigues you more? That Kara practically can't think or talk about anything, anyone, or especially any possible romantic scenario without bringing up Lena. Or that Kara uh, wondering about whether things could have turned out differently with Lena, a question that is apparently so important to her, the one and only all-powerful, oh, Anna, why, Mizyx Fidelic, <laughs> uh felt the need to show up on her doorstep. So, a long one from Anna, but not a painful one, so we are taking <laughs> steps forward. <laughs> From Anna, (laughs) we have in the timeline with the dead Kara gravestone, did Lena spend the rest of her days waking up screaming from nightmares? Anna, what is, come on. (laughs) So from Anna, we have a snap judgment. Anna, 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 this this better be nice. This better be a good one. I see it's long. I haven't read it yet, but I see it's long and I'm worried. (laughs) Okay. Anna, we do this every week. Okay. (laughs) What makes you happier? (laughs) Lena being all sad. Anna! <laughs> Lena being all, all sad about Kara judging her actions and knowing that Lena probably cries herself to sleep every night thinking about her. Or Kara being sad because Lena isn't around to buy her food anymore and she is forced to watch as Kelly gets Alex food instead. Uh, P.S. I'm not giving any happy snaps until Lena and Kara are friends again. <laughs> I'm on strike. Anna, that's not fair for the rest of us. <laughs> Okay, the last snap judgment we have for this episode is from Anna. So, uh, this, oh, Anna, this is what 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 have you done? <laughs> so Anna asks, "How did Jeremiah Danvers die?" Anna, <laughs> slowly as he called out for someone to save him, as he wandered lost and alone in a forest for years, surviving off of rainwater and tree bark, or. Was he living a happy, peaceful life in the forest for years with a deer companion? (laughs) (laughs) He's with Bambi! (laughs) Who he raised after its mom was killed (laughs) by a hunter. (laughs) I can't! I can't! I'm crying! (laughs) Before dying... 
the four dying pushing the deer to safety as an incoming car hit him instead. <laughs> um, wow. Anna, that was incredible. So our last snap judgment is from Anna. I'm not sure if I'm ready to read this. If I'm being honest. Anna, wow. Anna, you this and is I. a snap judgment. <laughs> you and I. We've gone on quite a journey, haven't we, Anna? And and I hope this one's not upsetting, but I know it's going to be. So let's just do, let's just do this now. Uh, for point of reference, all the other snap judgments are very tiny. Anna's is a full a full paragraph, like a novel paragraph. Okay, here it is. What's more likely? Lena uses her technology skills to disguise herself and watches Kara from afar as a stranger because she misses her so much and wants to be near her. Or Kara flying to Lena's apartment in the middle of the night, closing her eyes and softly placing her outstretched hand on the glass window as she pretends Lena's on the other side with her hand touching hers. And for a moment, Kara feels the loneliness vanish. <laughs> wow. So so a, a nice chill one. For yeah. I, I feel like I feel like I've read that fanfic somewhere. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> uh. I would have to say probably um, Lena using her technology skills to disguise herself and watching Car from afar, because I could. See, I mean, she's willing to take over everybody's brains, so why wouldn't she? disguise herself and go creepily watch Kara uh, from far away. That's a fair point. Uh, but I also, at this point, I don't know if Lena wants to miss Kara. I don't know. I So I think I'm going to go Kara flying to Lena's apartment in the middle of the night. Because I think, even though that's a little hard for me to believe, too, Anna, I don't know if either of these possibilities <laughs> really seem plausible, but we have to pick one. That's the game. Uh, so I'm going to say Kara flying to Lena's apartment in the middle of the night. So I, I know what mine is now. And it's Kara flying to Lena's apartment in the middle of the night. But here's my scenario. Kara flies to the apartment. She, like, puts her hand on the glass. Lena sees her, and she's like, oh. And she puts her hand on the glass, too. But like in Lost, when there's something written on it, <laughs> on her palm, on her palm, as she puts it on the glass, it says, I'm still mad. <laughs> what will happen when Lex and Leviathan try to kill Supergirl? Uh, Lena will attempt to save Kara and end up getting mortally wounded and will slowly die in Kara's arms. Or, again, Anna, Anna, girl, it doesn't always have to be do doom and gloom. I challenge you, Anna. Next week, send us in. You can send us in our, our normal snap judgments that make me upset and make me cry. And then just send in one that is about something happy. I don't care what it is. <laughs> don't care what it is. Could be about kittens. Uh, that's all you. That's all on you. So our last set of snap judgments are from Anna. Okay. We're <laughs> about to go on a journey. I see from the second one that Anna has indeed sent me a happy snap judgment. And I appreciate it. <laughs> Anna, girl, thank you. Thank you. You, you, you answered my call. Uh, last snap judgment from Anna. What would have been a more cinematic ending? Andrea stabbing Lena and Lena bleeding out as she watches Andrea kill a helpless Kara while whimpering, please stop, please don't hurt her. Or Kara leaving VR to see Lena and Andrea engage in a battle to the death as Lena screams, if you want to hurt, hurt Kara, you'll have to kill me first. Right as Andrea snaps her neck. Oh, God. And Kara screams in horror and kills Andrea with her heat vision. Anna, we were doing really well. And then, and then this 
this one took a turn, a really dark turn. <laughs> and a lot of Anna fans in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Anna fans. Love it. I love it. So we also have an email from Daryl who writes, the show really wants to make it seem like Kara has learned so much from being a reporter, but not show much of her as a reporter. She took some lessons from Snapper Carr. May he snap in peace. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that wasn't in the email. I it. <laughs> He's a harsher Batman who is viewed as a terrorist. Um, and it was a little unclear if he was killing people when uh, he set off all those explosions. I don't recall. And yeah, he was. I think he says something like, if you don't want to blow up, get out of the building. But it's hmm. like, I mean, what if somebody was like, I'm going to stay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm in the bathroom. What was that message? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't hear that. I think Rain was sort of supposed to be the dark mirror for Kara, and now we're going to have a very literal <laughs> dark mirror for Kara. I mean, if you didn't get that Rain was supposed to be like the reverse Supergirl, what if we just had Supergirl be the villain? <laughs> President Wonder Woman, you are such a disappointment. President Wonder Woman, you made some... Some choices that I don't agree with. <laughs> there are people who really hate uh, pineapples on pizza. Those people are crazy. Pineapple on pizza is awesome. <laughs> Those people are wrong. We are a pineapples on pizza podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the DEO should reassure people that uh, the bad aliens, they're going to take care of the bad ones. That's so funny. It's not something I considered, but it's something that makes so much sense. Like, people would probably feel a lot better if they were like, listen, we have this organization that gets the bad aliens and puts them in jail. Like, I feel like that would solve a lot of tension. Yeah, I think so. It's a great point. I feel like Morgan Edge would just buy up, like, uh, the, all the buildings that got, like, messed up flip them and then make a profit i don't feel like he was like for the people i feel like maxwell lord maybe had like a little bit of like let's all we're all in this together also i'm sort of evil but i feel like morgan edge was just straight up like money 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 <laughs> thanks for having the tough conversations of this show i love that while rebecca and morgan may not agree on everything because that would be boring you're civil funny talented entertainers and wonderful human beings thanks for spreading good oh that's that got so sweet at the end. Yeah, that's that's very nice. Uh, I You probably wouldn't know this uh, on the news or even on Twitter, but people who might not share all of the same ideas and feelings about things, they can actually talk to each other and have a civil conversation. And this might blow your mind. They might be able to be friends. I know. Morgan, I don't know if you've been listening to the Flash podcast lately. I am so behind in the Flash that I can honestly say I have not. Well, <laughs> let me just tell you what. They called us out on one of their episodes. Oh, no, they didn't. Saying <laughs> that they could do better DCTV plugs than us. I have a question for them. How dare you? <laughs> Does she have any kind of HO? This is like really nitpicking. No, uh, let's get into this. You, you, we know I love National City real estate questions. <laughs> because does she have any kind of like HOA, uh, some form of like a community that she has to answer to? Because she just went up there and she was like, I'm going to put a whole bunch of plants. Does she not have like a landlord or somebody who has to approve that? Because uh, she just took over the rooftop. It does seem like there should be like an HOA, like a little old lady HOA person who is just like, 
we we like this, but the geraniums have to go. <laughs> like, I want to see that. I just want an episode that follows, like, Kara in her everyday life. Like, no Supergirl. <laughs> yes. Just Kara as she's, like, planting plants and, like, being like, hey, can I plant this? And the HOA board is like, no. <laughs> why must there always be a parasite? And why must it always enter through the ear? I I think it's just they, they know it's uncomfortable for us to watch. And so yes. that's why they do it. Yeah. <laughs> If there was a spider stuck in your shower, would you save it, kill it, or leave it alone? I think this thought experiment really depends on how big this spider is. <laughs> so true. I don't I also don't I don't understand why there isn't an option for cry, point at it, and scream. <laughs> and run is, away. It's just how I deal with all bugs. <laughs> um yeah, if if it's a if it's a big spider, I'm calling my bug man. Uh, <laughs> I'm calling a professional to deal with that. If it's a little spider, um, you know, it's either kill it or just let it roam free. Just maybe it'll leave. Maybe it'll go out of my house. Maybe it'll make that choice to go. So you're, you're going the Lena Luther route. I'm I'm hoping that it has a, a destination that's away <laughs> from my shower. I thought you were gonna say a destiny, and I was like, <laughs> I like I just like mentally imagined this like superhero spider with like a little cape, <laughs> and it was really cute. It's like bring bring destiny's calling. <laughs> destiny's calling. I must away. <laughs> Which makes it even worse because my answer is I would kill it. I would kill it so. <laughs> Morgan, what did you think about uh, Manchester Black going over to the Lockwood family home? Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat during all of those scenes, especially in the early scenes where he's just like, I'm just here for a cuppa. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you're so British. You can't do anything bad. I've been watching a lot of Great British Bake Off, and I just feel like everybody is just like has like a, a warm pastry inside of them. Uh, <laughs> you have the accent, and I just assume that you're going to make me a scone. I really liked the um, the scenes between Cara and Nia. I thought that they were really well done, and I, I really like their interactions with each other. I think we're starting to see the sort of mentor car that we've been promised. It's been hard previously because she doesn't show up for work all that often, <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, oh, an excuse to not go to work? Cool. I'm in. <laughs> I will mentor you exclusively outside of the building. That's true. She didn't, They well, they went to Catco at one point in the episode, but then they like took a little road trip and went somewhere else. Yeah, it's like she discovered it at Catco and she was like, perfect. This is the perfect <laughs> excuse to not be at work today. <laughs> She's like, James, listen, this is really, it's really important that I take Nia out of the building <laughs> and do some air quotes, investigative reporting. Uh, <laughs> but I think my favorite part of it was definitely when Nia like moved up the handcuffs and broke it with the bullet. I, that was so, so neat. I think it sort of points to an expansion of her powers, not just being dream based, which I kind of, I was kind of wondering about because it just seemed like a character who dreams the future. It's not super cinematic uh, all the time. And it's not super helpful, like in a fight in the present like Nia take a nap right now we need to know what's happening see for me that would be my my dream uh, pun intended scenario <laughs> for a superpower yeah superhero power they're like Rebecca you just have to take a nap right now <laughs> I could do that 
I feel like that is something I could do to save humanity. I <laughs> I would feel comfortable with that. She naps for us. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing a prison cell with pair one, Manchester or Lockwood. Manchester. Yeah, I'm going to go Manchester. He's got like that great accent. And like I could talk to him about British TV shows. And I feel like <laughs> he would not want to, but he would know what I was talking about. Like I could be like, did you see the newest season of Luther? And he'd be like, stop talking to me about Downton Abbey and I'd be like no uh, so it might be a it, maybe Manchester doesn't want me but <laughs> that would be my that would be my selection okay sharing a prison cell with Lex or Lillian I think Abby's trying to tell us maybe we're supposed to go to prison I think we're going to prison in a lot of these scenarios <laughs> Abby geez the, the idea of Amade living as a human is interesting to me what was he famous for then <laughs> like I kind of I kind of got the impression like he was famous for like his healing abilities and all of that but like what if like Amade just was like had like a tv show <laughs> <laughs> like and everybody was like oh man Amade from That's So Amade is an alien? <laughs> I like any character that's named The Hat. I mean, does, I mean, obviously, I, I shouldn't be asking this, but does he wear a hat? He does have a hat. Or is he a giant hat? <laughs> he's, he's just like a hat that walks around. It's just like a giant, I'm just imagining like a giant floating top hat with eyes. <laughs> and I know, I know that that doesn't make sense. I, I saw a picture of the actor. He's not a top hat. Talking about Supergirl, I mean, Smallville is one of the worst, one of the worst memory wipes I've ever seen. And they mind wipe Lex <laughs> in the, ser the series finale. And seven years of the show was worthless. I know. As I say, which was the whole point of the show was that they used to be friends. And then they mind wiped the show out of existence. <laughs> All of her memories of Supergirl presumably would have been completely wiped out. It seemed like she had some sort of like working knowledge of Supergirl. Like, oh, it's this one again, like flying in, which doesn't make sense because every interaction she's had with Supergirl has been as, you know, Supergirl's sister, basically. Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. <laughs> I feel like they are being very fast and loose with the rules. Shocking, I know. That's Supergirl. <laughs> that, this, that, this, that this show of ours that has forgotten about the existence of Alex's father. <laughs> what if, what if as a twist on this memory wipe, all she can remember is that she's looking for her father? <laughs> He's like, listen, I'm, I'm, I was trying to do this thing where I no longer worked for a shady secret government agency. <laughs> and like I wore a lot more scarves and like and like sensible sweaters. And I, I did some private investigating and that was my life. And I'm like being peaceful. And now you keep making me do terrible things to people. <laughs> and they made him go along with the D.E.O. adventure in this episode, even though he's not working for the D.E.O. anymore. He went out to uh, uh, Parthus to deal with the, the children of Liberty wannabes causing chaos. So he's still having to be wrapped up in their business, even though he's trying to get his, you know, uh, small business off the ground. <laughs> he's a small, my God, he's a small business owner. <laughs> Could you respect his time? So what did you think about going to Parthus, this, this town that we're introduced to, which happens to be a place where humans and aliens have lived in harmony for decades? Decades, Morgan. Decades. I, uh, you know, I immediately picked up on that. 
and then laughs and then laughs and then laughs. <laughs> it doesn't. If okay, <laughs> I I give up trying to figure out this time. Listen, the first season is always going to be its own universe. I think that that's something that I need to accept more. I need to really take to heart. Like the first season. They didn't seem like there were any aliens except for the ones that crash landed. And now, for decades, for decades, they've lived together in harmony. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was very touching when Kara told Nia her secret about being Supergirl. But it also um, caused a little bit of what I would call a rage scream. (laughs) Uh, Just on on behalf of my girl Lena Luthor, hold it down. Uh, Because... She's known uh, Nia for, um, it looks like, 10 minutes, and she's already told Nia the secret. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lena, Lena Luther is like, hey, I always got your back. I'm your bestie. I'm super smart at science. I'm a little morally ambiguous and probably <laughs> a, bad, a, a bad secret could tip me either way. And she's like, definitely don't want to tell her. <laughs> so here is the official description. Quote, with his P.I. shingle newly hung outside his office, Jean welcomes new clients. Trying to take her mind off what happened at the DEO, Kara decides to team up with Jean on his latest assignment, which unfortunately ends up tying directly into Alex's current investigation that involves the villain Menagerie, guest star Jessica Mraz. Meanwhile, Lena shares some news with James, but his reaction isn't what she expected. Nia invites Brainy to her Valentine's Day party, unquote. (laughs) Okay, so that's a lot of stuff to cover. That description got like like fun like who was who was writing these new descriptions i mean they got into some real detail in that one yeah it was like listen he's sh- hanging his shingle <laughs> it's like a, happening. uh it's like uh elaine bennis on seinfeld when she was writing for uh oh the jay peterman yes <laughs> When she yes. was, she was uh, describing all of the things about the clothes and the shoes, that's what that makes me think of. Somebody was really putting some effort into that description. Somebody was like, you know what? I'm not just going to write what happened. I'm going to interpret it. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like Supergirl has had so many great, like, classic female villain characters. And so it was nice to see another one of those back. And I, I felt like because she was a diamond thief and that was sort of her whole deal, it was it was kind of nice that she kind of like the um the one the one of the world killers last season who had like no redeeming quality. Oh, oh, Grace. The, uh, the other girls were all trying to like <laughs> fight it so hard. They're like, I don't want to hurt anyone. And Grace is like, I'm gonna die. Just take me. <laughs> <laughs> like she was a, a menagerie was a total Grace, and I loved it. <laughs> Lena and James seem to both want to have their relationship outside of the real world and dealing with things that are going on in their lives because they talk about being at a lake house together and he says and they they want to go to Paris together and be away from National City and James even says um, when he presents that actually really nice photo of her I was like wow James you still got you still got some skills. <laughs> oh my god, he takes photos? What? He has a camera that works? Good for him. My read on that was just how incredibly creepy it was because it was a beautiful photo of her sleeping. I so, mean, like, there is that the, the mental image of me that I had of him with the camera like 
inches from her face as she slept, <laughs> just taking pictures. Like, just there, you're. I mean, at some point, you're you're riding a romantic serial killer line, and like that's not where you want to be. <laughs> My other favorite thing is when she tells him. If you don't like it, you can just get out and they're in a moving vehicle. That was that was maybe my that is a boss move to end all boss moves. She was basically like, fine, drop and roll out of here. <laughs> and I really if honestly, this episode to me would have taken it to a new level if James was like, OK, open the door and just rolled out <laughs> like that. To me, that's how you win an argument. The Marie Kondo show um she basically goes through people's houses and helps them to like declutter. And her main thing is for people to like look at everything that they have and hold it and say, does this spark joy? And if it doesn't spark joy, um, you are to let it go. Thank it for its time with you and let it go. <laughs> uh, I do. I do a lot of this with my bills. Uh, <laughs> you do not spark joy into the trash you go. Um, so uh, who who let's see who in the cast could really use the Conmari in their life? I, this is a good question. I feel like maybe James and Lena. I mm, feel like yeah. Uh, I think they Conmarried each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they let that they that relationship was not sparking joy they just let it go i guess my internal conflict is that i really don't approve of anyone's stance like i don't like what the children of liberty are doing i don't like what the elite are doing i don't like what supergirl is doing i don't like what the <laughs> deo are doing i don't really approve of anything that anyone is doing except that i really like the hat i approve of what the hat is doing with that hat remember there was an episode on the show called age reporter and it was somehow about kara <laughs> Kara says the line, tell me Ben Lockwood cannot repeal a congressional act. And I thought, was the Alien Amnesty Act a congressional act? And I kept thinking, you know, it's been two seasons since the Alien Amnesty Act was introduced in the third episode of season two. But I'm pretty sure that's not right, because I, I'm pretty sure I remember that it was an executive order that was uh, introduced by President Marsden. So I go to my trusty Google Docs because at this point, you know, four seasons into the show, I've got a pretty good searchable archive. I have some really detailed notes and I can just go in there and type Alien Amnesty Act or Executive Order and up pops all my notes that have those things in there. So it's actually a very good thing. That's why I use my Google Docs, because it helps me remember things. Wouldn't it be great if at some point this podcast just becomes sponsored by Google Docs? <laughs> Google Docs, when you see a 15-page document, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This new Calyx, I'm going to go ahead and say it, is not as good as the old Calyx. <laughs> He's dropping the ball. He's mean now like what did they they gave him like the ability to like shirk his duties and get sassy i don't know <laughs> i need to apologize to john crier i know that he was very upset about my skepticism mm. he was listening to supergirl radio he's like why can't they just accept me why don't who why why are they questioning me i was ducky so many years ago uh, i think that that ducky lex Luthor was really good i thought that he did a great job now listen 
does it make any sense that he and Lena Luthor would be brother and sister with like a 20 year age difference? No, it doesn't. Put that aside. Put that aside. How old is Brenda Strong? Don't ask that. Don't question that. Are they the same age? Maybe. What did you think about the big twist with Otis and Miss Tessmacher? Oh my God. We called it. We called it. We did. Which would you hang in your dining room? The sleeping Lena? I'm sorry. I don't know why this is so funny. Which would you hang in your dining room? The sleeping Lena photo. Or the Lillian is judging you painting. <laughs> I'm legitimately crying. <laughs> was this episode all about Eve? No, it certainly was not. <laughs> it was somewhat about Eve, a little bit about Eve. I would say it's it was like a dash about Eve. As we all know here, this is a Lillian Luther appreciation podcast. Yes. <laughs> My favorite part of that whole storyline obviously was when she walked into his office <laughs> and told him that she could fit 10 of her apartments in there and I wanted him <laughs> to say that's funny this is where I live <laughs> so our good friend Steve was I feel like a little bit too effusive with his praise he was like you're basically the only good writer at CatCo and I was like <laughs> How is that possible? Does CatCo only come out like once every three months? <laughs> I don't, I, how can this be the case? <laughs> He's like, you're basically the only one I read. And I was like, so you don't read a lot then. I'm getting <laughs> Lex in these journal is really focused on Lena r going horseback riding without him. Like, he's really <laughs> bothered by that. How dare you? How dare you go horseback riding without me, you monster? <laughs> he you know I love those horsies. <laughs> he, he goes on to say, Lena went riding without me again today. <laughs> Dear diary, <laughs> it's the third time this week. <laughs> I have to make a confession, Morgan. Yeah. Until just now, I had completely forgotten that she was trying to figure out Supergirl's identity. <laughs> well, guess what? So did the show. <laughs> Would we be okay with a love triangle if it meant we got Mercy back? Huh. Okay. So that's a good question. I'm really, I'm searching my soul here. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> At Brandon J. Miller said, I liked it a lot. Nia Nall needs to be a main character for next season of Supergirl. They need to make at least one episode where she fights a magical villain like Cersei who turns her into a baby, but she still has all her same powers. I like your thought process on this, um, but if anybody is going to be a super baby on Supergirl, it's got to be Kara. Because in the Silver Age... Superman and Supergirl were turned into babies, into super babies all the time. And so if they're going to do a super baby on this show, it needs to be Kara. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel about it. It's a hot take. But that's, <laughs> that, those are my opinions. What if we have like the um, like the Muppet Babies <gasps> episode of Supergirl and everyone is a super baby? That changes things. Then I would allow that for other people. That changes the calculus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If that is, if we go Muppet Babies, I will allow other people to be a super baby. But if there's only one super baby, it needs to be a super 
baby. I'm just putting this out here, but we're always available to consult on. <laughs> we have a lot of good ideas. Only only some of them involve Muppets. <laughs> and then she almost tells her the truth and so changes close. her mind. And I just like rolled off the couch and like out the door and like into traffic. I am living for Miss Tessmacher, <laughs> loving Miss Tessmacher. I don't I don't even care if like the her whole villain turn made a whole lot of sense i don't i don't i don't care because she's the greatest i also like her she's like do you think lex loves me (laughs) in the middle of the fight she was like wait did he say something to you (laughs) it just felt like the writers were all sitting around and they're like okay it's the end of the season we got to wrap up some storylines we got to wrap up this we got to wrap up that let's like bring the lena and car stuff to a head this is all really exciting anything else that we should be wrapping up anything at all. And somebody at the, the back just whispered, uh, I think Alex wanted to adopt a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so she kills Supergirl and the, how they get Supergirl to live is by Alex shoving a pile of grass into her hand, yelling, take this grass. Now I'm <laughs> listen. Uh, the more I think about this episode, the more I like it. And like the more emotional beats I think of that I thought were just so well done and really well thought out. And I think this one might be up there with some of my, with my favorite episodes this season. It did kill the emotional momentum <laughs> for me a little bit. <laughs> when poor Kyler Lee had to try to sell the the line, take this grass. So what are your overall thoughts about this penultimate episode of Supergirl season four titled Red Dawn? Well, I definitely thought that this one was the penultimate episode. (laughs) And like many penultimate episodes before it, I enjoyed it on a level that I could only describe as penultimate. (laughs) (laughs) Money, power, or world domination normally we only do two choices but i'm gonna make an exception for this one because i think it's a a fascinating question can say a lot about the person making the choice uh i'm gonna go money on this one you know what's funny so am i (laughs) because with that one could come the other two yes that is true (laughs) it could also be a benevolent uh a benevolent thing it doesn't have to be nefarious. <laughs> so you exactly. Could, you, could do, you could do good with, with money. I could get so many dogs. <laughs> and then we could take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Who should be the villain for next season? Announced in the cliffhanger, possibly by Pod. <laughs> Mercy Graves or Brainy? Uh, the answer has to be Mercy Graves. That would be so great. Mercy Graves, obviously, uh, she's still alive, and I will never accept otherwise as an answer. (laughs) It's going to be seasons from now, and I'm going to be like, but what if Mercy's still alive? (laughs) (laughs) And I would actually even be okay with a pod in the cliffhanger if it was Mercy Graves. That would be the best cliffhanger pod <laughs> of all time. Probably the worst way to find out. Like, there's not a lot of good ways to find out that your best friend and everybody you know has been lying to you for years <laughs> on end. But after you've just shot your brother is probably mm. pretty far on the list. Like, she was already like, listen, I'm doing some, I'm doing some stuff today. I'm taking <laughs> care of business. And this makes me feel weird. Like, I don't want to murder you, but guess what? I'm gonna. Uh, and I respect that. That is that is peak, like, Lena after a few drinks putting on her black leather coat, Lena. And we know I enjoy her. 
they're going to reinstate the Alien Amnesty Act, but then they're going to vote on it later? A congressional <laughs> vote? What is this thing? I, I felt like don't... I felt like they did that just to taunt us. Like they were like, "Oh, are, are Morgan and Rebecca too far down this rabbit hole about this thing? <laughs> Let's make it weirder." They apparently took the president out uh, due to the Twenty Fifth Amendment, which is obviously topical. Uh, <laughs> I can see right I mean, through that. They, ha- they had to get there, though. You you knew they had to get there. They had to get that in. They made it. They made it. They got their collusion reference. So the only thing left was impeachment on their topical bingo. (laughs) Morgan, what do you think about James and his eye patch? When did he lose an eye, Rebecca? About James's eye patch. Is he now a pirate or will his eye be replaced by a turtle eye of which the DNA slowly starts taking over until he becomes turtle boy, Jimmy Olsen? (laughs) What is your choice? Now, before you choose one version, we do have uh, James on the high seas. So <laughs> don't just count that. We might, we might have a parrot. There could be a parrot. The storylines do open up. <laughs> they do. My boy Hat never came back. What is that about? I feel like he should have, like he should have been at the end of the episode. Hat is like next season, all hat, and that's that's <laughs> and that I would have personally, I would have been so hyped for season five. <laughs> Eve is like an onion, and each layer is betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that Lex did it out of spite. He's like, my sister killed me, so now I'm going to take everything from her. I'm going to make her doubt all her friends and her mother, and I'm just going to really open a wound before I die. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, it was the ultimate pettiness. I, <laughs> the only way it could have been better was if, like, as he was dying, he was like, I hate your horses. <laughs> Lena's like, why do you care so much? When I think about Lex Luthor, I think he would like, I think he would like Jay Gatsby. Jay Gatsby was uh, a man that everyone uh, thought was fantastic. He was somebody who was wealthy, but he uh, had everything at his disposal. He could have done anything. And he did build himself up. He was Gatsby was from old money, but at the end, they talk about how he did have a list that he, you know, what, you know, uh, a certain time of day, I forget what the time is, like 9 to 9.15, work out, 10 to 10.15, you know, 10.15 to 11.15, I'm going to do some work. Like, he was a man who made a schedule and he was wanting to work on himself. And I think Lex Luthor would respect that in some respect, in some respects. So I think it's weird in, on some level that he would not have liked The Great Gatsby because I think even even to the point he has a connection to Jay Gatsby that at the end of season four, Lex Luthor is shot when he doesn't expect it. And Jay Gatsby is murdered in his pool in his home um, uh, by gunshot. So I think there are some similarities between Lex and Gatsby. So I... I'm, I kind of go back and forth on it uh, because I can see why he would use The Great Gatsby as a, sort of a a little bit of a propaganda tool. But I think he would have uh, I think he would have been friends with Gatsby. I think he would have gone to Gatsby's parties. And what were they both undone by? Green light. Oh, Ian, 
Drop the mic. <laughs> Lena as a character is someone that I love watching because she's, you know, she's dealt with her own crap as we saw. Um, and she had to fight for a lot of like a, a lot of her victories and she had to, um, you know, she had to fight through a lot of her own anxieties and own family issues. Um, and, uh, to, finally come to a place where she feels like she has this family, she has this best friend that, you know, she feels connected to and that she finally, like for the first time in her life, she feels like she's in a good place to have that rug pulled out from underneath her and then kind of have it in that sense of betrayal, like not even have the person that she's trusted say to her, like, look, like I wanted to tell you, I'm really sorry. I hate that I'd be keeping this from you. Like, I feel really bad. You're my best friend. Like all of that to just have someone tell her and have her realize it and know that someone's been like keeping that from her all those years is, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how she handles it because as we've seen, Lena is someone who does not talk about her feelings very often. Um, and she's also really good at doing the whole Luther thing where she just pushes everything under the rug and pretends that everything is fine and plays nice as we saw. And I think it was the finale when they were all at each other, when they were all playing a game night, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. that was well, didn't isn't it Lena that, that gave um, Brainy that advice to like put his feelings into like little boxes, yeah. like just yeah. put a box within a box within a box, <laughs> just bury it and down like, deep. Like, no, good, don't Lena, worry that's about it. Good. That's exactly what you should be doing. <laughs> exactly, bury it down deep. Don't worry, it'll never pop up again. <laughs> Is there anything that sticks out to you in this Alien Amnesty Act that it's trying to convey? or what it's actually trying to say in terms of the rights to aliens. It, it, I, it may be bad, bad language and law, but is there anything in there that we can help help us understand like what it's trying to do? Well, what it should have said is to uh, convey to aliens all of the rights of U.S. human citizens, not citizens of Earth. President Marsden cannot <laughs> confer yeah. on aliens uh, citizenship, Earth citizenship. I Although so. I, I was about to say, I have to interject. President Marsden can't confer on alien citizenship in the United States either, because that's reserved for Congress in the Constitution. Ah. Well, there's that. and um, <laughs> So she can't do any of this, is basically what you're saying. So she's really flexing, is what I'm getting. I know, but you have to comply, have to comply with uh, this law this proclamation until someone declares it unconstitutional. I'm a huge Young and the Restless fan. I've been watching that show since I was 15 years old, so I'm a big soap opera fan. And in the 1980s, in the Superman family stories, Supergirl, Linda Danvers, is actually an actress on a soap opera titled Secret Hearts, where she plays a character named Margot Hatton. And uh, I, I think it's really funny in these stories, like most soap opera fans, there are characters you love and there are characters you really hate. Like you can't still like, sometimes I'm watching The Young and the Restless and I'm like, ugh, Sharon. Um, so uh, there are people in these stories who, I mean, this, this woman in the purple suit, she calls her a hussy. She thinks that she is Margot out on the street and she calls her a hussy. And, uh, but on the bottom, some people really love her as Margot on Secret Hearts and are big fans. So if you take only one thing from this presentation about Supergirl, I hope it is that she was a, a soap opera actress because not a lot of people know that. And I think it's uh, probably one of my favorite things about Supergirl. Director Bones is literally just staring at the framed 
photo, <laughs> the framed news article about Director Bones being evil, like literally just staring at it, just took it off the wall, is staring at it, <laughs> and then the phone rings. Like, it's not like he was like, no, no, I have to see this. I have to consult this for some reason. This is just what he's doing in his office on his <laughs> spare time. <laughs> it, it, I am going to get this, this, these two panels framed, and then I'm going to stare at them in my office. <laughs> so, Morgan, what did you think about getting to meet the Viking judge who had the fantastic name of Turid <laughs> Golden Axe? Turid Golden Axe um, is going to be the name of my punk rock band. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so prepare yourselves. Uh, no, I was um, deeply, deeply confused. I was like, <laughs> what in the world is happening? I was reading it and I was like, is it because I haven't read this series in a while or am I just legitimately out at sea? Am I just floating <laughs> away on an iceberg? <laughs> just out out to town. I just, I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Um, there's a, there's a human skeleton and like an, like a kind of a green orange man <laughs> in a, in a, in a limo. And then suddenly, um, <laughs> turret golden axe breaks it in <laughs> with a magic axe and a sense of Viking justice and no part of that sentence makes any sense and furthermore and I feel like more importantly no part of that sentence is ever properly explained like Turid Golden Axe shows up out of nowhere there's no explanation for who she is where she came from what she's doing and then she literally magically poofs out at the end of the issue (laughs) she does and I just sat there and was like, what? <laughs> what is happening? When 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 Turin Golden Axe leaves, um, it's because somebody shows up. Hold on, let me let me find out who it was. Uh, his I, name is come, Neon, I Neon. think. So somebody named Neon shows up in a like in a whirl of sparkling neon colors. <laughs> is like, okay. We gotta go, and then they both disappear to the to the point it's confusing to Supergirl herself, <laughs> who, who says, and I quote, "Gone, just like that." <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it is incomprehensible. I have no idea. I'm gonna just shoot straight. I have no idea what happened <laughs> in this issue whatsoever. It was like a long fever dream. <laughs> Were there any other things before we get to the art in this issue? Was there anything else that you wanted to chat about in terms of the story? Uh, good question. Uh, we covered some oh. of my favorite things. <laughs> the, the planet, the uh, our, our second favorite set of cousins now, <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> right up there with Superman and Supergirl. Superman, Supergirl, number one. Hackman, number two. On page 16... Uh, I don't know if you want to help me uh, pitch a, a like a TV show for this, um, but there is a character on page sixteen who is sort of <laughs> kneeling, who yes. who is kneeling down and has a T-shirt on, and there's a character, like a character face, on the T-shirt, and it's like a little. It almost looks 
not Mickey Mouse Mouse ish. Maybe Mighty Mouse. Yeah, it's it's got a mouse look. It's got like little antenna. I think there are two different TV shows that we can pitch with this character. <laughs> okay. And one is the TV show of the character on the the T-shirt, and that TV show. I think this character sort of flies around in like a ch- a, a spaceship that's ship that's shaped like a cheese wheel. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> and and I think what he is is like um, a cross between Mickey Mouse and Anthony Bourdain, where he just goes to different planets and he eats food. Yeah. He, it's not all cheese based, but some of it is. It's his favorite. <laughs> uh, and he just like really reviews like reviews the culture. And then at like at the end of it, he's like, "That's all, folks." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then there's another TV show with this character which is darker and it's about the guy who is like um has the the t-shirt on it's about him starting a cult based on (laughs) supergirl (laughs) because he's immediately on his knees saying all hail the axe queen and so it becomes like the axe queen cult where they like they all like worship axes and there's like a statue of uh, Supergirl holding the axe and then they do axe throwing contests for like their feats of strength. Uh, so I think that there's a lot of different angles we can take this. Rebecca has some some actual good critiques of the poster. My my first critique, and I, I don't want to be mean because I know that these things aren't probably easy to put together. Was was just why is it so ugly? <laughs> <laughs> people think the product placement is bad now <laughs> what you don't understand is that smallville was really what i would call the sweet pinnacle of that product placement <laughs> era when they were like we could get money just for making a whole episode about gum <laughs> and oh, man. I, I feel like i feel like people who don't watch smallville don't understand that the episode was actually about gum. Like I'm not we're not exaggerating at all. Like I'm sorry that this so much of this podcast has become about Smallville. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about it. But like it's there was a whole episode about kryptonite infused gum. That was just a whole product placement episode. And it was something that I watched and that happened to me. And now it's happened to you, kind of. So, (laughs) So if you're curious about that episode, it is season seven, episode 13. It's called Hero. And it was a a Pete Ross centric episode, which is. Of course it was. (laughs) Which is very fitting because Pete Ross was the product placement guy. His nickname uh, used to be Product Placement Pete. around the internet and i think that was like he came, it was a special like special guest starring episode yes. he hadn't been on the show in seasons and seasons they were like don't worry we're bringing pete back it's, you're a fan favorite everyone loves you don't worry we're not gonna make you shill another product so we would we wouldn't do that the whole episode's about gum <laughs> So let's get into this character spotlight on Leviathan because, uh, full disclosure to our listeners, this is a, a very lengthy and terrifying Google Doc. <laughs> it tops out around 67 pages. When I first loaded this Google Doc, first off, Rebecca started by apologizing to me. If that, <laughs> if that should give you any idea of how, uh, like, and then I was like immediately terrified. I was like, wait, 
what? Like, uh, routinely I open the Google Docs and they're 30 pages and she's <laughs> never said anything to me before. So I was like, oh no. And now as a birthday present to our friend uh, Andy Bebecht of the Flash Podcast and Titans Podcast, um, we are going to give Morgan her old roll back uh, that she used to have before listeners took over. Uh, she's going to do the DC TV plugs for us this week. And uh, a special request from Andy was that also... Uh, not only was she going to list the plugs and list the podcasts, but she's going to describe each of the podcasts in one sentence. Okay, I'm ready. So uh, since this happened on Twitter, I've been preparing myself both <laughs> mentally, emotionally, and physically. I've run up. Uh, I went to Philadelphia and ran up the Rocky Steps. <laughs> then I ran back and came home. I like really, I did some meditation. Did you do some breathing exercises? Breathing exercises. And I just want you to know I'm coming into this like clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. So Supergirl Radio the one that you're listening to right now about Supergirl, <laughs> is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you like Arrow, a show about a very sad man, <laughs> The Flash, <laughs> um, a show about Bar Barry Allen, who you might know as The Flash. <laughs> that's that's my description of The Flash. <laughs> I like that the one that Andy like loves the most is the one where I'm like, The Flash is about The Flash. <laughs> also... Um, other characters, uh, <laughs> Le Legends of Tomorrow, a show um, that is crazy and has people going into different timelines and uh, and and ruining it and ruining <laughs> those times. Um, if you thought to yourself, "Hey, let's watch a, like a, a show that really understands time travel," this is not the one that you would be watching. Uh, <laughs> Black Lightning, uh, a show that is actually pretty good that somehow I fell off in the first season and never finished four episodes from the end. Batwoman, a show I did not watch the pilot of, but is about somebody named Batwoman uh, who wears a wig that is very red. Not like natural red, but like red the color, like fire engine red. Uh, I don't know why the wig's necessary. Titans, a show that's on a streaming network I did not buy into. Uh, <laughs> the upcoming Stargirl, Spoiler alert, same streaming network, didn't buy into. And Watchmen, a show that's on HBO. Um, I don't have HBO, but I borrow my, I air quotes, borrow my mom's login. So I will probably be watching this one. Um, also, classic DC TV content like Smallville, where one of the actresses recently got indicted for sex trafficking. <laughs> Subscribe to the DCTV Podcast Mega Feed and follow at DCTV Podcast on Twitter. And you know what? Go ahead and like DCTV Podcast on Facebook. <laughs> Listen, if you're in a group and they're like, it's 3 a.m., it's volleyball time, you're in a cult. I, I need you to get out. I need you to, like, D DM me and be like, someone wants to play volleyball with me at 3 a.m. I'll be like, girl, I'm ordering you a lift. <laughs> she steals Lex's journals for Lena. What did you think about that? Um, I just thought the way that, like, Lena played her was so masterful. <laughs> like, I was just laughing the whole time because Lena was like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly ask you to do this. Like, no, no, no. I can't. No, 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 no. It's I, I can't tell you the one thing that's gonna make me feel better. It's not it's not even important. Let's let's be let's talk about your thing. If it was my show, I would have Kara's endpoint for her to be the cat grant at the end of the show. Yes. 
Am I am I am I late to this party? Oh, I like that so much. Did 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 everyone else come to this conclusion before me and I've just now had this realization? I mean, I don't I don't think so. I think this is something that we're discovering right now. <laughs> we're the only ones who have thought about we this. Are the only people who have ever thought this thought. How dare you, Rebecca? What are your overall thoughts about this episode? Did you did you like it? Did you not like it? Um are are you pleased where things are going, how things are wrapped up? That's a lot of questions. But what are your overall thoughts on this episode? I liked it. What if that was my only answer? <laughs> so they have to fix a geyser by spinning around uh, around the geyser. And then the way they stop the tidal wave is because they send a character out there who has dream powers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Rebecca, my question is, what about this isn't clear to you? Because <laughs> see- <laughs> so clear to me. Lena was like, hey, you want this uh, worldwide media conglomerate? And she was like, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? She is running it like a person who said, eh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Lex tells Lena that they, five years ago in Metropolis, five years ago, just keep that in the back of your head. In Metropolis, five years ago, Lex tells Lena that they just made first contact with an alien race. <laughs> <laughs> no, I missed that line, or I I heard it and my brain rejected it. <laughs> oh my! Well, then what about well then what about Amade? He was in like Vanity Fair or something. <laughs> <laughs> with like with like the headline, "I'm a dashing alien," and like like in a tux at like the Met Gala. I don't understand anything. How does this show work, Rebecca? What is time? <laughs> I don't know. What? What? We are living in a post day world. You can't just go back like that. <laughs> Andy was talking about, oh, it's going to be a Rebecca a Rebecca Google Doc. I opened it. I was like, 11 pages. I what think, is this? Listen, this is I, amateur. I, 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 At Sony Ravat 1997 says, I know I may be biased here, but would it be really selfish to see Lena as paragon of humanity instead of some random guy? I mean, listen. <laughs> Let's establish my bona fides. I love <laughs> Lena so much, so much. Um, I don't know that I would consider her at this present moment <laughs> to be the paragon of humanity. To just just to recap real quick, she was going <laughs> she's going to mind control everyone. Granted, it was to make them nicer. But it's still mind control. And secondly, she got mad at a friend of hers, and then she installed a robot into that friend's body. (laughs) Now, granted, it's a cool robot, and she really likes the robot, but still. So Courtney set in a list of some things we've lost with the demise of Earth-38. I feel like we should put, um, I feel like we should put, like, uh, Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You to underscore. I will remember you. Yeah, we definitely should. That would be hilarious. I will remember you. Will you remember me? So she goes on to say, I started thinking of things lost when Earth 38 was gone. Car's apartment, and for that matter, everyone's apartment. Uh, (laughs) Car's day job. Uh, and I'm going to put in parentheses that she never went to. 
Uh, <laughs> Car doesn't even miss that one. During the holiday break, m- my fiance and I were watching The Witcher, and we were watching it. And there's this like, one character whose name is something weird. It's like Mouse Rat, or I'm definitely <laughs> making that up. Mouse Sack, something. I'm. I swear it's it's weird like that. But so he he's like this. Uh, he's like a like a magician or something, like a magical person. And I kept on going like, God, why is he so familiar looking? Like, I can't, I can't place him. I just, no matter what, he was so familiar. So finally I, I go to Mike. I'm like, could you look him up and, and like, let me know where we've seen him from? Cause it was bothering both of us. And he goes, he was in Supergirl. And I was like, what? Who was he in Supergirl? And he goes, I don't know. He was a character named, what is that? Amadei? And I laughed so hard. She did not understand why. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, we're living in a post-Amadei world, even in The Witcher. The people are crying out for Director Bones. And by the people, I mean the two of us. What would be the bigger betrayal? Lena finding out that Kara lied for years about being Supergirl. Or you... Morgan or Rebecca finding out that the other one is actually a head writer on the show and has had creative control of the storylines this whole time and everyone but you has known this and you realize she's been lying to only you for years. Oh my gosh, I would be so mad at you. Oh my god, it's it's definitely the second one. If <laughs> I Rebecca, if you had the power to make snapping happen and you didn't and then we're just talking to me about why isn't it happening? The betrayal of that. <laughs> Morgan, would you be more upset if you found out that Rebecca was the secret head writer of Supergirl or if your fiance knew Rebecca's secret the whole time and never told you? Michael, why didn't you tell me the secret? <laughs> I'm a trustworthy guy. If Rebecca tells me a secret and tells me not to tell anyone, I can't tell you. Not to me. I, it's a secret. <laughs> not to me. She asked for my confidence. What, what's our like, spousal privilege? I'm, a, I'm an honest and trustworthy friend. I'm picking I'm picking the second one. Well, I'm, she... I'm actually mad at him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Supergirl writers um, for obviously listening to the show uh, because because – uh, why else would would they give us that love letter that was hat's hat? <laughs> a more useless minor character there has never been on that show, and yet they felt the need to mention him twenty five times in that episode. In fact, his hat was the key plot point. Yes. I felt like it was just for us. What if? What if on one of the, the timelines, Supergirl saves Kelly? It turns out Kelly's actually a very terrible person. <laughs> Brian, what scamp? What scraps getting into? What kind of malarkey is your life about now? What would I he? Want... What would he be doing during the Evelina timeline? Oh God, who knows? He's probably like, uh, like selling food on the streets or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like a whole black it's market like of hot, like hot nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a whole black market hot nuts <laughs> operation. He's like, hey, 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 you want a candied walnut? <laughs> <laughs> They're yelling at us. But they're not really yelling at us because if you listen to us, you would not be able to be like, this take is wrong because you hate the character. Like, I can respect you saying this take is wrong because, but your your point of view can't be this take is wrong because we hate the character if you've ever 
listen to our podcast. There were a lot of uninformed assumptions about us as a podcast and about us as people, uh, (laughs) which I think is very unfortunate because if you did spend time with us, I would I would hope that you would realize that we are fun loving people, that we are not uh, hateful people. We are not um, trying to stir up any trouble we just like talking about stories and characters and lena's wardrobe like we're not we're not trying to do anything mean lena's in her twitter banner yeah she's in her boardroom or ballroom in our twitter banner you did you didn't even have to listen to the podcast you could have just scrolled up you mentioned a google doc earlier uh i am very passionate about Google Docs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, infamous on this podcast. This yeah. is a new fact I'm just learning about Rebecca. <laughs> Walden, life in the woods. So it's, it's kind of it's kind of about like just kind of chilling out and enjoying nature. Is this maybe a, a subtle hint that they're going to have Alex go look for her father? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what if what if she's like, "You know what? I'm tired of all the hustle and bustle of uh of this VR reality stuff. My my girlfriend is apparently like a tech person now and I don't know when that happened. I'm going <laughs> out into the woods. And I'm just going to get commune with nature and then like while she's like sitting next to a pond, she hears like a bush rustling and she looks over <laughs> and it's just Jeremiah Danvers like holding a bunch of twigs like in, in a bush and he and she's like, "Dad?" and he's like, Alex? (laughs) (laughs) Abby wrote in to ask two questions. One, Lex mentions that the first time humans had contact with an alien race was when Lena brought him the Man of Tomorrow award. What about Amade? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then two, what animal would you have as a pet if you could use Nonno Cherry to make it nice and friendly? Um, Let's get into one. (laughs) Favorite inmate, Steve. Or to- or or Thomas Coville, otherwise known as Tico. Uh, Tico. Obviously, Tico. Y- you know how we feel about Colts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's been like a lot of characters and like plot lines and things that have come and then have gone and then never returned. And so when Alex told Jeremiah Danvers, like tearfully, "Don't worry, I'll find you." <laughs> Uh, that was her like rose from Titanic I'll never let go Jack moment (laughs) where like she then immediately like pries the memories of Jeremiah off her arm and then like tosses them into the into the drink I think if they did listen to the podcast that's really mean if they did listen to the podcast (laughs) because I think we would want it I think we wanted to see him again I mean does it not a little bit feel like maybe we have angered somebody on the show (laughs) think about this they they killed Jeremiah Danvers off screen snapper never snapped (laughs) we never got to see James's under desk situation or turtle boy Jimmy Olsen or turtle boy Jimmy Olsen there's no director bones They foil us at every turn, Rebecca. (laughs) Lena seeing her real mother be the leader of Leviathan or the leader of Leviathan being Mercy Graves. (gasps) Oh, don't make me choose between Mercy Graves and uh, Katie McGraw and a series of wigs. (laughs) Would they know that, you know, Kara is Supergirl? They did mention that they mapped uh, Alex's brain. Yeah. So, (laughs) So do they, and that's how they were populating everything was from her brain. 
I'm assuming that that is stored somewhere in the cloud. So you're right. There's probably some <laughs> yeah. tech person who's like either thinking, oh, this crazy Alex Danvers thinks that a uh, mild-mannered reporter, Cara Danvers, Pulitzer <laughs> Prize winner, is Supergirl. Wow, that's really funny. Or he's like, oh, I'm going to start blackmailing people. I don't know. But somewhere <laughs> it is in the cloud, I'm assuming. Don't don't you love that last year her um her secret was so important that they had to mind wipe poor Alex and she was like uh she was like microwaving staplers but this, but this, <laughs> this week she's just like uh, gonna upload it all to the cloud I can't see what a problem would be there like what? she's like I'm sure Kelly will take care of it I'm sure this is not a big deal my girl Kelly's got this Kelly does not have it <laughs> has Lena been in the last two episodes no at all no not at all wow and she yeah. is I just to remind everybody she is trying to mind control the world. <laughs> <laughs> you think we want to check in on that but i mean <laughs> have i like rewritten the show in my brain is it that this running joke has become like canon to me and i don't actually remember what the show was like that made me concerned about myself like I, that i had slowly over the course of supergirl radio gaslit myself into a reality version of the show that didn't exist i was like like, oh no home con i think to both of us has been very confusing so far uh we had like a whole what was like a 20 minute discussion before the podcast episode where i was just like rebecca i've never felt older in my life than trying to figure out how home con works like how uh, how you do it how it's set up you go to the homepage at like the homeconofficial.com and i was like okay well like okay the 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 twitter account and the the instagram aren't telling me a whole lot but okay then not a lot of nuance there let's go to the homepage let's see them spell it all out and then i scrolled the homepage for like five minutes just going there's got to be more than this. Uh, and then I got to the schedule. It's a two-day convention. And I was like, feels like the schedule's only for one day. Where's day two? I kept just hitting schedule. And it just kept taking me back to the same schedule. And I was like, okay, you know what? You know what? Schedule doesn't matter. Schedule doesn't matter. Let's do a one-on-one. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can buy a ticket. It says buy a ticket. What's the ticket to? I don't know. Let's find out. I click buy a ticket. Takes me back to the schedule. <laughs> Choose your quarantine house Supergirl edition. In house one, you have Cara Danvers, Lena Luther, Monel, William Day, or as we say on the podcast, Comet the Superforce. <laughs> <laughs> so are we going under? The, are we going under the the presumption here that he is? Comet the Super Horse. I think definitely, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, to finish out, Comet the Super Horse and Cat Grant. Okay, what's what's house number two? Okay, house two. May I say, um, wh- whoever created this graphic, and great idea, love it. You really stacked house one. <laughs> in, in a way I don't understand. It's like The whole idea is to make this a hard decision. All right, so let's go into the next Oliver look. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. Why? 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 <laughs> so the hat makes it worse uh, because it, it looks it like 100%. because I believe in my heart of hearts that the hair is just is just glued into the hat. And yes. that if he were to take off the hat, the hair would come with it. Hat wig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's a hard one to beat. <laughs> the wig father comes through again. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not even this episode's fault. Like, I feel like this episode is like just like a kid in class who like got put in like a, a grade above them and is just trying trying <laughs> their best. I had fun with that like the baby sun eater stuff like or, or the uh, young adult sun eater maybe it was like a teenage sun eater <laughs> and it was like you can't tell me what to do super girl i'm gonna eat the sun if i want to all my friends are if lena put a secret message for Kara in the book she gave her did she circle letters throughout the book to spell out a message or did she write an incredibly small message that only Kara can read <laughs> with her super sight <laughs> i really want it to be the incredibly small message that only Kara can read that's really, really good. Um, yeah. I and what, what, what would the message say? It, it would just be, is she like, oh my God, I think I think she wrote something. I, I have to see, like, hold on, I have to use my supervision to see this. She squints at it. She goes, it says, I'm still mad. <laughs> you know, she dies in Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven in, uh, in the 80s. And she's gone from comics for uh, several years, right? And and there's not even a Kryptonian Supergirl for until 2004, I think. Um, so that issue, though, is, you know, this was like a huge uh, miniseries in DC Comics that reestablished what their continuity was going to be. And she saves Superman and really saves the multiverse, um, but in so doing, sacrifices herself and dies. And so I used to hate that issue because it would be like, oh, the people at DC Comics thought that Supergirl was worthless. They thought that they could just kill her off and nobody would mind, and she's my favorite character, and why would they do that? But since she's come back, that issue now stands out as such a hallmark of Crisis on Infinite Earths and uh, an important issue in comic book history. You know, Supergirl is an important part of Superman's life. There have been uh, many stories over the years, different variations of how they met. Sometimes they've been enemies. Sometimes back in the early days, there were some weird stories about possible romance between the two of them, but they didn't stay on that topic for too long. But she's a link. She's a huge link to Superman's family, Superman's past. You know, I mean, many sort of times I've, I, I get lost in my own imagination, but to, uh, think that you are the last member of your planet of your your heritage and then out of the blue a cousin turns up you know a direct link to your heritage to your family to your memories so supergirl is an an essential part of superman's history and it's why i'm so glad that the tv show happens it's i'm, I'm glad that you know after all these years She's still a big part of the uh, the DC Comics family tree. Towards the end of season two, I would start getting random ideas uh, for comic strips. And for a while there, I, st I tried to keep them at bay because I knew it was coming if I started drawing comic strips. It would become like a big thing. And one of, uh, one of those reasons was that I remember... I was I was watching I think it's episode two fourteen, and there's this scene where Kara and Monel arrive at the Dio and Monel is all like, "Hey, Kara uh, and I are together," and Jean goes on to tell them, "Well, now you have to sign all these documents uh, uh, and give them to Pam from HR." And Kara has this very adorable but very illogical in my mind moment of, "Wait, we have an HR department." And I needed to explain to myself in a logical way 
why the hell would Cara Danvers or Supergirl working for the DO not know that at the DO there was an HR department? <laughs> and that kind of snowballed into a whole uh, story. And and then I was like, okay, I think I'm doing this. If they put Nasty Loser and Director Bones on other TV shows, God, I'm going to be so mad. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, are, we're, we've only ever been pitching for our show, not everybody's <laughs> show. This is not a group project. <laughs> the really like uh, high intelligence answer to that was, Looking is the answer. And I was like, no, looking is not the answer. The answer is taking light into the house. I like the the research. And, and, and some of my favorites is when we give Kat the research, because I always know I'm going to come out with like one really amazing fact about whatever historical figure. I know that Genghis Khan killed a lot of people. I know that Bonnie from Bonnie and Clyde just wanted to be famous. <laughs> Well, I mean, a, a, history paper, a history paper is not about what history you put into the paper. It's how pretty you write it. So <laughs> um, that's that's what I do. Ha 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 Basically, there was, like, some sort of, like, Kryptonian conspiracy about, like, why Kryp Krypton really exploded. And I was like, okay, um, that <laughs> seems like a big change we're making in this yeah. comic book. <laughs> cool. We're just going to really uh, just undo the whole myth. That's, that's <laughs> neat. I love that. We don't want to go too deep into the Omega Men, I guess. But I do want to <laughs> just read out some random names of Omega Men. Okay. So we have the ones that we've met, right? But we also have just an Omega Man named Felicity, which is kind of weird when the other Omega Men's is like Nimbus and Tigra. <laughs> it's like, I am I am Nimbus, an Omega Man, and this is my best friend, Brute. And here is Felicity. <laughs> what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. There's also a Omega Man named Zero, uh, Seer. But my favorite one, um, which is in other members, I don't know why they're just called other members. Uh, I think other members is where all the best names are. So I'm just going to read a couple. Typical. That's a name of an Omega man. Outrage. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. If Wikipedia is to be believed, there is an Omega man named Soap. Just Soap. I was obsessed with Short Circuit when I was little, and I would watch it all the time. It's a quality film. Well, and there uh, was a there was a sequel, wasn't there? Was there? I don't think so, Short Circuit Two was as short good. <laughs> Morgan's I'm, like, I'm, is there I'm a Short it. Circuit universe I need to get <laughs> into? Excuse me, the the Short Circuit Extended Universe <laughs> shall be mine. Uh, <laughs> oh, so uh, short. There is a Short Circuit Two in the in the poster he is wearing a bandana and a cowboy hat i don't i don't like where short circuit 2 is going um <laughs> when they're on the island she's like oh you've got a robotic hand and i was like hey <laughs> always so excited to see a robotic hand i also thought it was really funny that um <laughs> that she mentions like um like oh you know losing a limb is rarely <laughs> A good time. Yeah, and part of me wondered, like, why didn't she mention Eliza? And then I was like, no. In this <laughs> right. version, Eliza has a hand. Because this Eliza... 
this is that one point where the hand would have come into play. She could have mentioned that her adoptive mother had lost a hand and she knew about that struggle. This is like, this was the, like, you could have used that setup to play into this. And it's like like a missed opportunity. Finally, finally, Eliza's missing hand (laughs) could have been, could have been like a really poignant moment about, you know, about moving on in the face of adversity. And, uh, but uh, we reset everything. So (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't matter anymore. I think it's on page two. Um, where there's like these two panels side by side of Zinder Cole, and one of them he's like, "Mom, not now." And the other one, he's like, "Car, I'm really sorry. Like, I can explain to you." Good God, Mom! <laughs> and one of my favorite, absolute favorite things is when comics have to get you up to speed in like a sentence, but the storyline is crazy. Yeah. So then it's like, Jorel took him on a tour of the galaxy, and John went through a wormhole and got trapped with a crime syndicate for years. <laughs> Time flows differently there. John came back and now he's 17. What was the question? <laughs> Rachel's asking, what real life dog breed do you see crypto as or do you think he should or could be? I know he's always depicted mm-hmm. as, as a white dog, mm-hmm. but I always build wise see him as like a golden retriever. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I've always thought, too. Um, and again, it depends on how how big you're actually drawing him. Because I mean, he could be. More like a like one of the, what is it like a Jack Russell Terrier kind of thing? What was the the one on uh, Frasier? You know, oh, the little uh, yap dog. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah, they try to draw small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super dog's gonna be bigger than bigger. a. Uh, then I'd go with Golden Retriever. But I I don't see him like Great Dane, massive. You know, no, I would see. So- uh, uh, I I would actually see Ace is more that size. I, I'm putting Pekingese in the ring. Oh, I love <laughs> Pekingese are my favorite ones to watch on the dog show because they are the funniest looking little dogs with all the hair. Um, so I'm just saying, They're if somebody faces. wants to, if somebody wants to draw me a crypto as a Pekingese dog, I would put a little. I, I think that face. sounds like a job for Comica Girl. Uh, Comica Girl or um, Mike Norton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike I, Norton would be all on that. I would pay yes. for a commission of that. That would be incredible. Saying. Norton would probably do that one for you for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. The poor Pekingese dogs. They're very no. cute. <laughs> they just get made up with all that hair for the dog shows. Maybe in the Supergirl universe, Miranda rights <laughs> don't exist. Do you, do you think that's possible? Should I, I, I think they still probably should have Miranda rights. What would you say to that, Leslie? I think... The Constitution still exists because um, in one of James's, it was a good scene where it was, it's where um, Lockwood comes in to get Nia when Nia reveals herself as um, Dreamer. And Lockwood's trying to arrest her and uh, James grabs Lockwood's gun and crushes it and said, unless you're going to change the Constitution, get out and get out now. Oh, ah. So, so there is a constitution. I was <laughs> very happy. I liked that scene, um, even though James had Supergirl's powers. Uh, but um, <laughs> I liked the scene. It was a very powerful scene, and it was well acted. And I was like, aha, there is a constitution. You you brought up such a good point about the Miranda rights, because I don't know if you ever watched uh, TNT's The Closer. Um, but yes. they made, but they made up. It was my, one of my favorite shows. One of my uh, favorites too. Brenda Lee Johnson, one of the best characters on TV ever made. You should look at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if um, well, the reason I bring the closer up is that they made a point 
every episode to do the Miranda rights. They always thought that that was very important. And they, they had police consultants on that show to make sure that they were trying to do it by the book. So that's a really good example of a show really kind of following those uh, police guidelines. Well, the other thing too, when, um, when Supergirl asked the children, a Liberty guy, uh, since you're getting into a police car anyway, talk to me. Um, (laughs) Whatever he said would be suppressed by a judge. So you get no, you can never convict him based on what he said at that scene. So you shouldn't do it. Yeah, so it's useless. <laughs> I think this may be one of my very favorite scenes. This is the moment to me the space oh, family the, was born. Yeah. This is when Alex has confessed to the Astra, and you're not sure what Supergirl's going to do, and she just hugs her. It's her taking care of Alex. And then when Hank's trying to walk away and she reaches out and takes his hand. To me, that's when our space family was born. That personality, Carl's personality that she was suffering in that moment, but she she was suffering. She was also suffering because of Alice, because she knew that broke her. And even when she was uh, grieving her her aunt, her dear aunt, she forgave her her sister because she loved her, loved her that much. So that that's also a really uh, powerful um, information about how the connection between the is that no matter what happened even the worst thing that could happen that is uh, alex killing her aunt can broke that that uh connection they have i think it was to absolve her of any guilt that she was feeling and to let her know that she would still always be there for her and love her because she knew alex wouldn't do it without reason so this is <laughs> this is something funny that i did i love like a, a niche personal personal joke um and so the context behind this is that almost none of my friends actually watch supergirl and i i constantly try to get them to um so my lab mates here would have to endure me basically monday through thursday until the supergirl radio episode came out in season five um just talking about at least the the outfits in that week's episode, but probably the content because like, let's be real season five was uh, an emotional roller coaster. So I started as a joke. Um, and, and as a, as a bit of a casual experiment to see, you know, what could I actually get away with wearing of Lena's in the lab and still like be safe and comfortable. Um, and, and I had a real opportunity come up when I was added to our university's research council. So I had an opportunity to be in a boardroom uh, every now and then. So um, this is this is the results of a, a casual experiment that nobody really asked for, um, but everybody got Snapchats of constantly. Um, so I was playing boardroom or, or ballroom as a, as a joke this past year, and COVID has really like put a damper on it. Um, but it turns out I own a lot of clothing and a lot of, I love a reason to wear a suit. So I was able to, um, to transition to some of these in the lab. Um, and I think I, I joked on Twitter about, you know, how do you transition effectively from an evening, a quick experiment in the lab to like a, an event afterwards. And I feel like suit is the answer. I'm pretty sure actually after this, which was not actually worn in the show, it was worn in an interview. Um, but I'm pretty sure I had to stop by the lab and do a quick experiment, just like a, a quick changing of stains and some washing of stains off some dissections. And I, I'm thinking I went straight to like a, a trivia event right after this. So it can be done. Don't let people tell you you can't dress nice in the lab. Um, 
And uh, we, we saw this moment earlier in the night, the, the courtroom scene. I had a similar shirt. Um, I love doing these side-by-sides and sending these to people. Um, and I was not dissuaded by COVID. Like, I was not going to let this joke die. Um, so I did this over Zoom. And I also have managed to capture some of the more um, casual moments for Lena. I love, like... Actually, I think, yeah, end of season five, we got to see Lena in some casual wear in her underground lab. So um, I, I think that that felt real to me, that, that Lena would be like hanging out, doing long hours in the lab in, in like some jeans, because that's that's my my speed for sure. Is Supergirl the movie worth watching? I would say yes. This is why Supergirl the movie is not worth watching. This movie has a lot of comic book connections, especially from the Silver Age of Supergirl. What is this movie? Is it a fun teen movie? Is it a strange romance? It is a movie about witches? Is it a movie about saving Argo? The answer to that one is no. In terms of the comic book connections, we get to go to Argo City, where Supergirl is from. We also get to meet uh, her parents, Zorel and Alora, and get to spend some time there. We also get to see Kara develop the Linda Lee secret identity and get to spend time in Midvale where she goes to school. The special effects. My God, the special effects. At one point, Supergirl is nearly pulled apart by a dragon. I think. In terms of the acting performances, Helen Slater does a really good job of balancing Kara and Supergirl and Linda Lee and makes them all very distinct. She's heroic when she needs to be. She's vulnerable when she needs to be. And most importantly, she's believable in the part. I don't understand the love story on like a very basic level. Like, why is Kara so obsessed with this dopey long guy, Ethan? Why is everyone so obsessed with Ethan? In terms of the musical score, Jerry Goldsmith uh, has some unique instrumentation for the, the main theme. There's synthesizers used to mimic uh, Supergirl's takeoffs. How does Supergirl forget about saving Argo City for a good half of the movie? It's the plot of the movie. In terms of historical first, this is the first live action portrayal of Supergirl, the first female-led superhero movie, the first cinematic universe, uh, because it includes Mark McClure, who played Jimmy Olsen in the Christopher Reeve Donnerverse movies. No shade on Selena. She lives the way I dream of in a giant party city Halloween store where she always manages to find the perfect light. So is Supergirl the movie worth watching? I would say yes. So those are my primary reasons. That was so <laughs> stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out there are three different uh, titles for this movie that I could find. Uh, one of them is Christmas at Castleberry Hall. There's, uh, and I think these are UK versions. Christmas at Castleberry Hall is a UK version. Uh, Christmas Princess is a UK version. And I guess A Princess for Christmas is just like the Americanized version of it. Uh, so this movie goes by many names and has a variety of posters, really. A lot of design choices. Uh, that go into it. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, uh, Bill and Morgan, uh, Bill, I guess we'll start with you. Uh, do you have a preferred title for this movie out of, out of the three? Uh, well, you know, Christmas uh, at Castleberry Hall is a pretty, pretty nice name just because it has, you know, the castle's named Castleberry Hall, you know, so <laughs> it's so many on the nose things in this special, but I'm going to have to go with the princess for Christmas. It says everything it is right there in the title, you know? Yeah, that's all you need to know. It's There's a princess and it's Christmas and that's that's it. Uh, so Morgan, do you, do you have a preferred title? Can I combine two? Because I like A Princess for Christmas. I think that's a solid title. And also I got to yell throughout the entire movie, but is she a princess for Christmas? <laughs> uh, and I think, I think that's a, a viewing experience you want your viewer to have. I would, however, like to swap out to the poster for oh, okay. Castleberry Hall 
because I, I like the vibe that it was like it was designed by somebody who just opened paint shop and was like, look at all the things I can do with this. What if the ghostly face of a child was at the top? Uh, and I, and I, I like the energy. I like the more is more energy. My positive takeaways from tonight. Emo brainy that um, Kareem, uh, Car- Karina? Carmina Burana. Oh, that Karimna Burana no, opening. No, uh, was... Carmi- Carmina. Oh, God, why can't I pronounce it? <laughs> uh, that Carmina Burana? Yeah, yeah, I think. Okay, uh, let me reread that. <laughs> my po- my positive takeaways from tonight, Emo Brainy, that... Car- oh, God, how did I forget it? <laughs> Karimna? Here, wait, wait. <laughs> Rebecca, can you help me? <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> I forget immediately how to pronounce it. Carmina. 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 Okay. Do you need me to do it? I'll do I'm the sorry one. about the editing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, my positive takeaways from tonight Emo Brainy, that Karimna Burana opening. Did I get it wrong again? <laughs> Why am I incapable of saying it? I don't understand. It's not even hard. <laughs> Carmina? Yes. Cheers. <laughs> Why couldn't I say that? Okay. This time. This time I'm for real. Okay. Whew. Who is the better villain? Is it Lesla Lar or is it <sighs> Rebecca? Is it <laughs> Mr. It's Mixix. Oh, nice. Sarah's got it. Is it that one? Yes. (laughs) It's Les Lalar for me, even though I do want to say yeah, uh, For 100%. She's definitely a better villain. She was a (laughs) (laughs) See, Megan Run says season MVP, Supergirl Radio. Even when I dislike a season or dislike an episode... Uh, I think Supergirl Radio, at least this this is going to be totally um, biased, but I enjoy the show a lot more because of our conversations and because of the feedback we get from the listeners. No, I agree. Like, I feel like if we hadn't like made jokes out of a lot of these aspects of season five, they wouldn't actually be on my like top list. Like, <laughs> would I have been as obsessed with Hope if we we weren't talking about her like every week and I wasn't doing the stupid robot voice? Or like, would I love Rama Khan as much as I did if we didn't come up with Rama Khan <laughs> Rama wines or like? <laughs> or like Ramakan's whole deal, the Conettes. Like mm-hmm. I, I think some of those jokes actually lent the season like more interest to me than I think if I was just watching on the couch um, at home and I didn't have those. Like there were some times when like a like a a joke would pop up and I would just like flip out and I'd be so excited about it and uh, didn't have anything to do with the show. <laughs> <laughs> So I do think that the podcast did help my enjoyment of the television show. You have to kind of support the other person and you don't have to necessarily agree with them, but you have to, you know, have a conversation. You can't just be like, oh, no, I disagree. And and here's why. And you're wrong. Like you're having a conversation with the other person where you're asking them, well, why do you feel that way? And kind of going back and forth. And I think, you know, that comes from, you know, respect, but also friendship. So I think. Uh, having a good co-host uh, like I do on all of my podcasts. Um, 
uh, is really important. And I think that it's you can tell when you're listening to a podcast and you're like, I don't think these people like each other. Uh, and there's almost nothing worse than listening to people who don't really like each other very much talk. Uh, I don't know why you would even do that. So I think that's pretty important is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into podcasts and it's going to be a lot of work. And if you're in it with somebody that you don't actually enjoy talking to all that much, why are you doing that? 